0: The University of Chicago Medicine Medical Group is expanding its network to make exceptional primary care more within reach than ever before. Each convenient location across Chicago and the Southland offers comprehensive primary care services for the entire family and direct access to world-class specialty care. Call 888-824-0200 or visit ushicagomedicine.org to schedule a same-day appointment.
1: At Kretschmar, we serenade every hardwood smoked ham with a string quartet. Hand-trim our poultry and beef with artesian knives crafted by Japanese swordsmiths. And massage our cows every day, so they produce the finest milk for our cheeses. We don't really do all that. But we do craft mouth-watering deli that doesn't break the bank. For one legendary taste, taste the Kretchmar life.
2: Using free speech to free minds. You're listening to The David Knight Show. As the clock strikes 13, it's Monday, the 29th of August, year of our Lord, 2022. Day 898 of the emergency, of the lockdown, of America held hostage. Make no mistake about it, it is the executive order that is closing in on a thousand days. And now we have people all over the media saying, We told you the truth all along. You know, we were right from the beginning. And uh, it's not President Trump's fault. He was just lied to. He doesn't know any better. Look, it's the executive order, folks. The executive order, yes, the vaccine is killing people. It's a massive criminal fraud, depopulation, brought to you and enabled by the executive order. And they still won't talk about that because they don't want Trump blamed. But we'll talk about the uh, E.V. MacGuffin first. And then we're going to get into uh, the winter of our discontent, which is coming up as well. And we'll talk about updates on uh, the toxic meds. Uh, There is a lawsuit coming out against Pfizer. Pfizer. Against Pfizer, they're not protected from fraud. If they win, it could be $3 trillion. I hope they put them out of business. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Yes, uh, as I pointed out last week, and again on Saturday, is California banning the sale of new cars? We now have another MacGuffin. We have not just the pandemic MacGuffin, <laughs> uh, we also have the uh, climate MacGuffin, and now we've got a subset MacGuffin, I guess we could say, of the climate. Now it's all about the EV car. We got Everybody's got to have the EV car, and we're going to shut down everything else. And so I guess this is son of MacGuffin, <laughs> the Mac MacGuffin or something. I, I like son of MacGuffin better, because it is a son of MacGuffin situation that we are stuck in right now. Again, at the end of the week last week, California said they're going to ban all the sale of all new gasoline or diesel cars by 2035. And it is very big. I pointed out that there was um, a uh, person, Margot OG yeah, that's her name, OG. Uh, O-G-E, I guess is the way you pronounce it. <laughs> it's like, O-G. Uh, they're going to take away all of our cars and our transportation. We're going to be grounded. They're, to, they're shutting down the grid. There isn't going to be any juice for your cars. Come on. Get real. Uh, they, sh- they've shut down two-thirds of the fossil fuel, quote-unquote, fossil fuel plants. And, and it's why everybody's looking at How are we going to keep ourselves warm. So you can forget about it. if you can't heat your home, and people are saying, we're going to die if we can't heat the home. Well, guess what? That's going to take priority over your EVs, and it already has in China. They shut down the charging of electric cars. Uh, It's a pipe dream, a fantasy. There's unicorn farts that we're destroying the world for. Stop falling for their nonsense. But it's not just California. Another another state has already joined them. Uh, But it is, uh, so it's not just California. Multiple states, it's multiple nations, but it's also the car companies themselves. The car companies. Jumped into all this stuff before California did. You see, they're not having a pitchfork jabbed in their back to prod them along into this dark future. Uh, they were more than willing to do it. That's what ESG is about, you see. Um, it means that uh, uh, it means that uh, these, these companies, Coca-Cola wants to portray uh, all white people as racist. They don't care if you buy their product. They really don't care. Uh, NASCAR wants to portray, uh, their customers as racist. They don't care. Absolutely contemptuous. The car companies don't want to sell you a car anymore. This is the world that we live in. This is the world that we live in where Jared Kushner says that, uh, his generation will be the first one to live forever or the last generation to die. That explains folks that, that idea is why they're engaged on a, popula- on a massive depopulation experiment because they think they're going to live forever and they don't want you around bothering them, you or your children. It's going to be the people like Jared Kushner, Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, those guys, you know, Republican guys out there. I know Jared Kushner is, like, well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's there. If you You know what? If you get Trump, you're going to get Jared again. You want Jared again? Uh, well, you just keep pushing Trump. And as I look at what's going on with Trump, it's amazing to me. A couple of weeks ago, you had the Democrat pollsters and it's all over, um, all over drudge mainstream media. Oh, look, we got a 65% chance of uh, not only keeping, uh, you know, of getting a majority in the Senate, you know, not just a 50-50 with Lala Harris being the deciding vote. But no, we could get an actual majority in the Senate. 65% chance of that. And then the end of last week, actually over the weekend, you see some more polls coming out. Looks like they could keep the House, too. Why is this happening? Well, because we're so obsessed on Trump, and he's not even on the ballot in 2024. Every contest is reported by both Breitbart and Politico, both sides of the, every congressional contest is about Trump. Did his pick win or did his pick lose? And if you're going to be so obsessed over Trump that you can't attack the insane stuff that's being done by Biden, and of course, they don't want to, right? They don't want to stop what Biden is doing because Biden and Trump are ultimately on the same globalist team. Just look at their policies if you don't believe me. Don't listen to what they say. Look at what they do. If you look at what they do, you understand they're, on the, uh, they're both on the same team. And this is professional wrestling. This is, uh, oh, yeah, um, uh, this guy's a hero. That guy's a heel. If they're on the same team. They have the same goals. They're doing the same things. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, so th- this obsession with Trump and making everything about Trump. It's dividing us, pushing us into a civil war, into tribalism. It is being used to uh, trick people. And uh, some people are starting to catch on to it. And now here we are about two years later. Don't do your protests in Washington. What did I say about January the 6th? For over a month before January the 6th and the day of January the 6th, I said, don't go. Don't go. It's a trap. I was fired for saying that. I was fired for opposing Alex on Stop the Steal. I was fired for opposing Alex on January the 6th because it had to be done. Anyway, let's talk about the cars. California is going to ban the sale of the new gasoline cars. And this person who is an electric vehicles expert working for the Environmental Protection Agency. And again, let, let's just point out, as I've mentioned in the past, David Schneer, somebody I worked with, uh, on a um, a group that was uh, anti-radical green agenda. Uh, we came after Michael, um, uh, what's his name? I want to say Michael Moore. Um, the guy that did the hockey stick for Al Gore, uh, Michael Mann. Anyway, we came after them and came after a suit about the renewable energy mandates. First ones uh, that were pushed in was in Colorado. Said, you know what's going to happen is... Uh, uh, you're, gonna, you're shutting down all of the existing power plants and you're going to be uh, not able to run the grid reliably off of uh, solar and off of wind. And so the remaining power plants that you have that are quote unquote fossil fuel, you're going to have to cycle them up and down. I've showed you the uh, graphics that I did for that. Uh, you have to cycle them up and down. It's going to be like operating a car and stop and go traffic in the city rather than the highway mileage that you get. So you're going to use a lot more of the fuel. And it's going to be dirtier than if you would run it steady state. Anyway, um, where I w- when I was there, there was a guy who worked for the EPA from its creation. Uh, he was concerned about pollution. But then as they became, as they had mission creep into saving the world from carbon dioxide, yeah, uh, he'd had enough. He got out and he started opposing them. Well, this person was an electric vehicles expert who worked for the EPA. And uh, she was there through uh, Clinton, through Bush, through Obama. Because you see, this is a bipartisan agenda. That's the key thing you need to understand. It's an agenda that comes from the regulatory bureaucracy, they make the rules. And it's the same people that are there, regardless of who you put in the Oval Office. Think about that. Everybody, well, you don't like Trump? Who are we going to put in the Oval Office to fix our lives and save us all? <laughs> Well, you obviously don't understand the first thing about how government is set up. Who's running for sheriff in your county? (laughs) That's the only place we got any hope left whatsoever. Anyway, experts said the new California rule in both its stringency and its reach could stand alongside the Washington laws. It's going to be even more effective. Why? Because California is such a large market and because there's 12 other states. That will potentially adopt the new California emissions standard. I pointed that out last week, and um, now Washington State has already done it. Washington State said we're in, and in Virginia, you have uh, Yunkin, the uh, governor there, says, "Well, uh, you had um, uh, my predecessor there, um, the <laughs> the blackface Democrat. Uh, <laughs> he uh, signed us on." to, um, uh, you know, uh, Ralph Noltham, uh, signed us on to follow whatever California does. And so if the, uh, if CARB, the California air, uh, what does it stand for? Um, the California air resources board, CARB, CARB, uh, he wants to put Virginia on a no carb diet <laughs> and so yeah, Northam signed us onto this, but, uh, so that would mean that if we go with whatever Northam did, um, we're going to have to do the ban. But uh, if Northam can sign you on, then the next guy can sign you off. Because that's where we are right now. We have governors who bypass the legislature, and we have presidents who bypass the legislature. And even more importantly, we have bureaucracies that bypass the legislature because the legislatures have, you, uh, have abdicated their power over to the bureaucracies. Uh, the legislatures don't even matter anymore because, uh, these, uh, regulatory agencies do whatever they wish. Uh, Brian Potty. Thank you very much. Um, uh, <laughs> he sent two tips, uh, one of them, 10 times greater. Well, I appreciate that $5 and $50. That's very generous. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. I said, sorry, Dave, I got it wrong the first time. Uh, that's on rock fan. Appreciate that. Thank you. And, uh, thank you, Eric. Karma, very, very, appreciate these uh, tips very much. Thank you. Um, uh, Gavar, Gavarmi, I guess is how you pronounce that. I'm not sure. I'm sorry if I got your name wrong. But let's talk about what is happening with this. Because in Washington state, immediately Governor Inslee, who also has presidential aspirations, just like Newsom, made the announcement on Twitter. Because now we have dictators who dictate on Twitter. If only Adolf Hitler had had Twitter, Right. (laughs) We have now annexed annexed the Sudetenland, right? (laughs) The Anschluss with uh, Austria. It's ours. I just said so. It's on Twitter. So, um, you know, I have uh, Jay Inslee noting that by the end of the year, Washington state will adopt California's laws requiring 35% of new cars sold in the state to be electric or plug-in hybrids by 2026, 68% by 2030, and 100%. By 2035, the Washington state of ecology will handle the rulemaking process. You see that? That's what the governor says. So this is what we're going to do, says the governor, and I'm going to use the bureaucracy to do it. Do you understand how the laws are made now? Forget about schoolhouse rock. I'm a bill. I'm a bill. <laughs> and a bill has is, is, uh, been killed. <laughs> the, uh, all the bills have been killed. No, that's dictates from executives. And it's regulations from the bureaucracy that is under the uh, executive, you see. So you have the Department of Ecology will handle the rule-making process. They will be rules that will be come from that. What do we call the people who make the rules? Rulers. Uh, who is the bureaucracy? The people who make the rules. The bureaucracy. It's this bureaucratic rule. We're being ruled by bureaucrats. This is regulation without representation, folks. It's also Taxation without uh, representation. And this is a big problem in all these different areas. It's not just the environmental stuff. It's everywhere. All of this stuff is being done this way. Years ago, Rand Paul used to focus on that. He would put out the RAINS Act. He understands what the problem is. But now, you know, he's got other fish to fry. Uh, But here's the key thing. Ten months ago, before Newsom, before Inslee, before any of this stuff, it was automakers who were taking the lead. Six major automakers pledged to stop selling gas and diesel powered cars worldwide by 2040. I reported on it at the time, it was last November, and I'd forgotten about that until I saw that in this uh, article. So here are the companies Ford, GM, Volvo. So that's the big three right there because uh, Volvo owns um, Chrysler now, I believe. Stellantis, I think, is owned by. Stellantis owned by. Look that up, Travis. uh, because otherwise people have to write me emails if I got that wrong. Um, but basically, um, you know, Chrysler's is foreign owned, I think by Volvo via Stellantis, but anyway, Ford and GM and Mercedes Benz and Jaguar Land Rover all signed on in November, last November at the UN climate change conference. See where it's coming from. The purpose of the UN is to build consensus. And to pull the companies and the countries together, but especially Davos, because you have to have an executive who's doing this stuff and and uh, Davos is for the most part matching up the corporations and the uh, billionaires, but sometimes they just go directly to the u n but it is a partnership between the u n and Davos and so at the november u n climate change conference, thirty countries and six major automobile companies and two dozen uh no, Chrysler, no, that's, they were owned by Fiat. And then uh, look up Stellantis, see who owns Stellantis. Uh, Fiat sold them. Um, two dozen fleet operators, including Uber, all signed on to this. And the agreement includes discontinuing all sales and leading markets by 2035. So, sorry, Newsom. Sorry, Inslee. You've uh, been outflanked by the UN-loving corporation that are focused on ESG, Sustainable Development Goals, SDG, ESG, SDG. Uh, And so uh, you're not going to be able to buy a car because these people aren't going to make them. They're only going to make battery EVs. Um, Yeah, they're Stellantis. And uh, so who owns Stellantis? Is that, uh, that's the question. Um, You notice what's missing on here. You know, we have the usual suspects in, uh, from Davos. The governments of Canada, Britain, other European countries like France, Spain, Denmark, Netherlands, have all set goals for phasing out the sale of gasoline-powered vehicles, right? Uh, but when you look at the corporations, they're the ones that are really going to make this stuff work because if they, don't make the cor- they don't make the cars. Who's, uh, who are you going to get them from? And you know who's not on that list? No Japanese companies. Toyota, largest uh, automobile manufacturer, is not there. No Chinese companies. No South Korean car companies. Um, so, yeah, who owns Stellantis? What does it say? I'll let you uh, tell me. Um, anyway, um, so is that still Fiat? Uh, yeah, it looks like it's a just a merger of the Fiat company and a French PSA group. Oh, okay. So 50-50. So it's uh, French-Italian. Um, so there you go. It's <laughs> Atlantis. So they're not on the list, but they're not American anyway. <laughs> so we got the big two. The big two are on the list. So it's Ford, General Motors, Mercedes, Volvo, Jaguar, and, um, and Land Rover. Okay, so the, uh, but, but it's no Japanese car companies, no Chinese car companies, no South Korean car companies. Hyundai's not there. Toyota's not there. Nissan, Mazda, not there. Uh, isn't that interesting? Because this is all political, you understand. And I think it's also interesting that uh, Hyundai and Toyota would still be working on things other than just an electric battery car. They may wind up with a whole shebang because they may wind up with the only thing that people can get fuel for. Because if you're limited to, the, to charging it over the grid, then um, you're out of luck. And if they can find some way to do an electric vehicle that uses uh, hydrogen, and there's a lot of technical issues with it, as well as infrastructure issues as well. Uh, but if they can find some way to do it, it may, may be the only game in town because they're going to shut down the production of uh, fuel as well. Uh, that's what we're already in the process of. So you have a government's, the government's usual suspects are all saying they're going to phase this stuff out 2030 to 2040. So that brings us back to Glenn Youngkin, who says he's going to get off of this. Um, He said, in an effort to turn Virginia into California, liberal politicians who previously ran our government sold Virginia out by subjecting Virginia drivers to California vehicle laws. Uh, Youngkin wrote on a statement on Twitter. That's where they all go to talk anymore. Uh, Now, under that pact, uh, Virginians will be forced to adopt the California law that prohibits the sale of gas and diesel-fueled vehicles. I'm already at work to prevent this ridiculous edict That's what it is, from being forced on Virginians. California's out-of-touch laws have no place on our commonwealth. Well, you know, EV owners were left shocked after China began shutting down charging stations. And um, this isn't uh, from this particular incident, but this is uh, a large line already, uh, once before, of cars in China, EV cars. Trying to get charged. Uh, here's the uh, EV MacGuffin and what it looks like when you're trying to get a charge. Boy, look at that line. Round and round and round they go. <laughs> Worse than the gas lines of the 1970s. Still going. <laughs> Aerial view. Uh, so, EV owners in China, as I reported last week briefly, because uh, uh, why is this happening? It's uh, interesting. You know, the, Tesla had its, um, they announced a rollback, a significant rollback of charging stations being shut down uh, because they were told to by the government. And then uh, one of their competitors, NIO, or NIO, I don't know how you pronounce it, N I O, uh, that company is the one that offered the battery swapping. So you drive your car up, you know, they lift it up on a jack and they pull the, uh, the dead battery out or the low battery and they put a, uh, uh, a freshly charged, fully charged battery in. And you're on your way. That's the fastest way that they could do it. Uh, still probably slower than fill, filling up with your, uh, with your, uh, with gasoline, I time myself and just the pumping part of it to fill my little 10 gallon tank on my car only takes me 30 seconds. So typically, uh, some pumps are faster, some are slower. Uh, but, um, anyway, uh, I don't think they could swap that thing out in 30 seconds, but, uh, they have battery swapping stations and, um, so the government told them to shut down as well. Uh, you're not going to be able to charge the stuff there. So the, uh, why is this happening? Because, you know, China, why is China having problems with this and telling them we've got to shut down the charging stations? Well, they don't have enough power on the grid, but why don't they have enough power on the grid? See, China is not shutting down their fossil fuel generation. China is building massive numbers of uh, fossil fuel companies. They are building... Uh, new refineries, unlike us. You know, they, last year, they kicked off on a multi-billion dollar refinery. Uh, we haven't built one in decades. And as one uh, CEO said, CEO of Chevron said, I don't think the U.S. will ever build another oil refinery. But they're building them in China. So I guess we can go get our stuff from China. That'll be great. Just as all the people who are pushing globalism and the lifting up stage You know, back in the 90s, all the libertarian think tanks and Reason Magazine would say, you don't want to have any manufacturing in America. You can get it from China. They got slave labor anyway. You don't want to do that kind of dirty, dangerous work. And so now I guess the same thing is true. The air is going to be really dirty in China, but who cares? You know, we're not talking about global climate change, are we? Oh, yeah, we are. So why doesn't it matter when it's dirty power plants in India and China? Some environmentalists who actually believe in the climate MacGuffin are actually upset about that. And they see the, climate, uh, the Paris Climate Accord as uh, a scam. They see it as only about shifting money and power around. And they're right about that. Uh, you may have fooled them on the climate change stuff, but you're not fooling them on the corporate crony capitalism stuff and on the uh, reshuffling of the deck.
0: The University of Chicago Medicine Medical Group is expanding its network to make exceptional primary care more within reach than ever before. Each convenient location across Chicago and the Southland offers comprehensive primary care services for the entire family and direct access to world-class specialty care. Call 888-824-0200 or visit ushicagomedicine.org to schedule a same-day appointment.
1: At Kretchmar, we serenade every hardwood smoked ham with a string quartet. Hand trim our poultry and beef with artesian knives crafted by Japanese swordsmiths, and massage our cows every day so they produce the finest milk for our cheeses. We don't really do all that, but we do craft mouth-watering deli that doesn't break the bank. For one legendary taste, taste the Kretchmar life.
2: And that's what this is about. But that brings us back. So why are they having problems in China? If they can build all the power plants that they want, and they do, and they can build coal power plants, and uh, they don't have to make them clean either, why is it shutting down? Well, because in that particular area, most of their power is hydroelectric, and they have a drought. The worst drought in 60 years. It's not climate change either. Because what was going on in China 60 years ago what was going on everywhere 60 years ago? Nobody was complaining about uh, climate change or you know, the rest of this stuff. You know, what was happening when we had our record droughts that are still the record droughts back in the 1930s? You know, did they ban EVs then? I mean, uh, SUVs? No, they didn't have SUVs. And most of the people didn't have the kind of cars that we have today, the number of cars either. Uh, so um, uh, that's not the cause. You know, We've had these droughts. Before, <clears throat> and um, you know, they love to say, well, you know this is the worst drought in a 1,000 years. I like to say, well, show me the Stone Age SUV that caused the droughts 1,000 years ago. But you're telling everybody it's because of what we're doing. So they have a drought, which is something that happens from time to time. And the drought is causing power outages because they've decided that uh, they're going to generate power via hydropower. There's always a trade-off with everything that you choose. I mean, hydropower is one of the best things you could use. It just uses gravity, basically. Uh, but uh, you got to have the water in quantity. Secondly, uh, because it is hot and dry, they have record demand for electricity. So this shows us what is going to happen everywhere. And they've already said that they will add uh, additional charges for people who have chargers in their homes for the, for the cars. They'll add... Uh, charges by mile, and uh, they will mandate that when you're hooked up, if the grid can't handle it, they will suck power out of your car. They'll use your car for storage. They've already talked about that. So this is about rationing transportation. It's about ending the freedom of mobility. It's about putting these woke corporations, you understand why GM and Ford are doing this, right? Because they see themselves as mobility companies. They rebranded themselves. And even as they had uh, phenomenally successful truck programs and SUV programs, and they were making record profits. They fired the CEOs who were in charge of that. And they put in a CEO who was going to transition them into a mobility company where they would rent you your transportation by the ride. They don't want to sell cars. They don't want to lease cars. They want to rent this to you by the ride. That's what Ford has pointed out. That's what GM has pointed out. That's why GM is doing the cruise experiment in San Francisco right now. They have driverless taxis. Uh, ooh, all of them went to one intersection and blocked it. <laughs> it just stopped. Uh, but that's what they're doing. Uh, they don't want to sell you a car. They, this is the end of the, of the uh, era. where We had personal freedom of mobility if we let them get away with this. And uh, there will be people who do want to sell you cars. But, uh, and that can happen as long as we don't have the government prohibiting it, you see. And so it's in our hands. You and I may not know how to make a car, but there's a lot of us that could, you know, do better than uh, the Flintstone mobiles that they want us to have. Uh, where We power it by our feet or where they have us walking. Uh, we could hobble this stuff together. Uh, and uh, then there's going to be some corporations who would like to follow the old traditional model of actually making a profit instead of serving the government that's going to hand them out as much fiat cash as they wish. Uh, But we have to get control of the government in order to make that happen. So Eric Peters wrote about it uh, as soon as this happened. No charge for you. He said, because the power has to be generated first, what happens when there's not enough generating capacity to provide a sufficiency of it? EV charging stations will no longer have power and the electric cars, that need it in order to move will no longer do so. You know that they will prioritize the charging stations for their corporate PALs. So if GM has um, a uh, driverless taxi program, they'll get priority on the power. Uh, So you you may be able to do it at home, but uh, there'll be some other issues involved in that by regulation. Again, if we go down this path, When we allow the politicians to control everything, they will control every detailed aspect of our life. No question about it. Uh, So um, the uh, existing load is already on the verge of too much for the generating capacity that exists in China and elsewhere, including here. So uh, to ration energy and personal transportation is what's going to happen with centralized control if you put everything on the grid. And this is why they have to have the EV MacGuffin. It isn't about, you know, who killed the electric car? Everybody was all excited about that. Oh, it's, it's just the, the perfect thing. Uh, because you only saw one aspect of it. You know, once you, um, you know, uh, start to live with uh, technology or you start to live with somebody, you start to see, oh, they've got these issues and so forth. Nothing is perfect. Nobody is perfect. No technology is perfect. Uh, but <clears throat> there was this mythos about the electric car, and uh, they want the electric car, the battery-operated electric car, not a hydrogen car that could be pumped up. They don't, we don't want to develop that technology. Uh, yeah, it's got some issues. It's got a lot of issues, but so does the electric car as well. Uh, but they don't want that. Because they want everything running off of a centralized control grid. That's what the power grid is it's a control grid. Um, so, <clears throat> as uh, Eric points out, from the standpoint of the centralized controllers, uh, the problem with all the other cars besides battery operated EVs is that they're harder to control. That's why you will have an EV battery car or nothing, and it's going to most likely be nothing. Everything else runs on decentralized power as people like to say well if you lose electricity you can't have the pumps won't pump the gasoline and there, as eric points out well uh, they could have a diesel generator at the at the gasoline station uh you could have a five gallon gas can to get you somewhere as well uh, so uh they um they want to have something that is centrally controlled he said if you're someone who still believes the climate is changing And that desperate measures are necessary. Remember, it's the same people who told you that masks will prevent you from getting and spreading a virus that didn't kill 99.8% of the people. And that you better take a safe and effective vaccine. They're telling you that. They're telling you that. So uh, uh, as all this is happening, as people are not going to be happy about having our mobility taken away, like everything else, it's kind of hard to organize people to resist these things because they're taking away everything at once. And some people are concerned about transportation. Other people are concerned about the food that they're taking away from us. But, of course, if you take away transportation, that is going to take away food from us because it's distributed even within our own countries, uh, the uh, production of food. Uh, the WEF and the UN together, the World Economic Forum, or I should say the Worldwide Eco-Fascists and the United Nations, are pushing compulsory climate education for the kids. It's all about the propaganda. Uh, they had in a recent uh, article headlined at the World Economic Forum's website, should schools teach climate change studies? Well, that's rhetorical. Of course, the answer from them is yes. And I remember when Al Gore came out with his inconvenient truth, you had, uh, uh Christopher Moncton in the UK challenged him on that, took it to court because they were using, uh, the, um, Inconvenient Truth, which is nothing but a bunch of convenient lies pushed by Al Gore. Uh, They were pushing that in all the schools, here, everywhere. And so he challenged it in the U.K., said it's a lie, you're giving them false information. And the judge agreed, the court agreed when he took it to trial. The problem is they said, well, we're going to allow that, still allow that to be shown to kids, but we will have uh, your detailed document made available for them if they want to read it. You know, they're not going to read that. They're going to watch the movie, and uh, they're not going to read his debunking of the lies and the inconvenient truth. Uh, so last year, says the world eco-fascist, the WEF, they said climate anxiety was revealed to affect the daily lives of nearly half of the young people. They said, um, uh, the, uh, <laughs> and they're, they're pulling out climate psychologist. This is a new field, climate psychologist. Uh, Get the clouds on the couch and uh, analyze them. Uh, Or maybe they can, maybe a climate psychologist uh, could have uh, people do a Rorschach's test with clouds or something. I don't know. Nearly half of global youth surveyed say that climate anxiety and distress is affecting their daily lives and functioning according to results from the largest scientific study in the climate anxiety, yada, yada. You know where they're getting it from. They're getting it from there this. There is no
1: planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> this is not about some expensive, politically correct, green act of bunny-hugging, or blah, blah, blah.
2: Well, actually, We're it gonna- is all about the blah, blah, blah of bunny-hugging. That's exactly what it's about. And interestingly enough... Let's say people who brought you the lies about lockdowns and vaccines. Uh, the medical establishment is jumping in on this with both feet as well. Everybody's juggling for a place at the climate MacGuffin table. The Lancet. And uh, the Lancet has <clears throat> a, uh, uh, the Lancet is uh, kind of the, um, uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association equivalent in the UK. And they have a, uh, publication at the Lancet called planetary health, planetary health. You know, when I look at this stuff, I I just, if people don't understand that it's the executive order for lockdown and how we've allowed our presidents and governors to become dictators and how the president can funnel unlimited amounts of cash to the governor dictators to get them to do whatever they want through, through their health bureaucracy. If we don't understand that, just how much longer is it going to be before Biden declares a, an executive order declaring a climate emergency, just like Trump did with COVID nearly 900 days ago? What's it going to take? I mean, when is that going to happen? Will it happen after the midterms? Is that when Biden is going to declare with an executive order a climate emergency? They can do anything they wish, anything they wish, and get away with it. I mean, if you look at what he did with a loan situation, that should concern you because this is what the Republicans are not talking about. I haven't seen anybody talking about the fact that Biden created an entitlement program by executive order, by executive order. And this is insane. And this is a massive uh, program. Like I said, I don't think it's uh, $300 billion would be gigantic anyway. $300 billion, if that were true, would be nearly half of what the entire defense budget is. And we're talking about, you know, buying all these expensive military weapons, paying for the salaries and the health care and the benefits and the transportation of all the troops, all of their uh, ammunition, you know, for the, for the guns, as well as the tanks and the bombs and all the missiles and everything, all of that. We're talking about half of that, for the um, uh, for the educational thing, except that it's a lot more than that it's not 300 billion it's more like a trillion dollars it's bigger than the military budget now of course that's going to be over a few years <clears throat> but um, uh, it, it, people are talking about what a bad policy it is. The Washington Post thinks it's a bad policy uh, the um, Wall Street Journal thinks it's a bad policy both of them agree that it's a bad policy that's pretty. Pretty bad. However, they think it's a bad policy because of uh, you know rewarding a particular type of behavior and punishing people who saved, who worked for this stuff. The unfairness of it, the cost of it. These are the things that they're talking about, and all that stuff is true. But nobody is talking about the precedent that this sets—that you can create out of thin air. A president can create an entitlement program. Like that, that big. I don't understand why they're not. Well, I know why they're not talking about it because both the Republicans and Democrats want that. And that's why they're not talking about Trump's executive order that's nearly 900 days old. They like the idea that they can operate as dictators. We've seen that mentioned by Justin Trudeau, we've seen it mentioned by George W. Bush. All of them say, wow, I wish I could just dictate to people like they do in China. Well, China is the beta test for all this stuff. And yeah, that's what they are doing right now. Anyway, the Lancet Planetary Health publication says climate anxiety and dissatisfaction with government responses are widespread in children and young people because they've got this, you know, Greta and the rest of the people scaring them to death all the time. Um, A perceived failure by governments to respond to the climate crisis is associated with increased distress. There is an urgent need to further research into the emotional impact of climate change on children and young people and for governments to validate their distress and so forth. Well, you know, if you don't want your kids stressing out about what gender they are, if you don't want them stressing out over uh, climate change, um, just don't feed those lies to them. Uh, Did you ever stress out about those, Travis? I don't think so. Um, (laughs) He was never worried about his gender. He was never worried about climate change. I can't uh, say they've really mattered that much to me over the years. <laughs> I don't forget about it. You're fine. <laughs> if you hear anything, just ignore it. It's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, so, um, yeah. Is, is any of this stuff real? I had a listener who sent me this clip. I was laughing. I said, no time at all. They'll be selling us Perry Air. And uh, he sent me this clip, and he said, yeah, yeah, they, they are selling it. Here's, here's what it looks like.
3: Man, Perry Air. <laughs> I need some Perrier. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, there you go. I gotta get my oxygen boost. It doesn't. It doesn't even. It feels like the can's empty, and it looked like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> seventeen dollars.
4: They went. it went sixteen dollars for natural oxygen.
2: Sixteen
4: ninety eight.
2: Believe it. it <laughs> yeah, there you go. So yeah, Perrier. I, it, it feels like it's empty because it probably is. <laughs> Because, you know, how are you going to know if you're getting the air from that or the environment? No, no, no. It's it's clean air. You don't want to be breathing that dirty air out there. You know that air that you breathe normally? Did you realize that's 70% oxygen? I mean, nitrogen? Uh, You don't want any of that, right? Nitrogen's dirty. We got to ban it. You know, we're going to starve ourselves by banning nitrogen in the environment. So you don't want to breathe it in. Come on. You could probably breathe in some carbon dioxide, too, because it's being exhaled by. Everybody out there, you know, you're even exhaling it and then breathing back in. Maybe you're getting some of your own CO2 recycled, huh? So uh, yeah, just get that clean air, the 100% oxygen stuff. I wonder if there's flammable labels all over that. Uh, but yeah, sixteen ninety-eight, so seventeen dollars right there. Uh, British Columbia Liberal leader Kevin Falcon has um, <laughs> pushed to uh, censor speech, and he was called out. And an open letter from Dr. Patrick Moore, who was uh, one of the leaders of uh, climate concern at the very beginning and now has said, no, it's not real. And we've had several people like that. Even the guy who came up and developed, uh, Lovelock, I think is his name, uh, who developed uh, the Gaia theory, said, no, the man-made climate change is not real. Uh, so a lot of them have uh, doubled back. And so Dr. Patrick Moore, wrote this to a British Columbia liberal leader. Now, you know, liberal in those contexts, I think, means uh, what we typically would say classical liberal. You know, the liberal party in, uh, in Australia, for example, uh, was not the socialist Marxist like we have here, although that may be what they are now, but it originally began with people who were classical liberals, people who wanted liberty. That's what liberal used to mean in the United States as well. Talked about how that all changed in uh, World War I and the Woodrow Wilson um, <clears throat> administration. And uh, you had a division between people who wanted economic liberty and people who uh, were talking about civil liberty. And uh, the civil libertarians were really beginning to get allied because they were anti-war. They eventually got subsumed by the, uh, by the anarchists and the Marxists and went down that, that path. I don't know what's going on with the liberals in Australia because Gladys Berejiklian, one of the worst tyrants, and hopelessly corrupt, she was kicked out eventually in Australia, identified as Liberal Party. And so in uh, British Columbia and Canada, you have another liberal leader who is promoting censorship. <laughs> and so uh, Dr. Patrick Moore said, Dear Kevin, is it not in the tradition of quote-unquote liberalism, unquote, to support free speech and a healthy exchange of ideas and facts. Your firing of John Rusted for retweeting a tweet of mine will go down as a huge error in judgment. There is no actual proof or even evidence that there is a climate emergency. But it is absolutely certain that CO2 is the basis for all life, as all life is carbon-based. And all the carbon in life comes from CO2. And there is absolutely no hard evidence that CO2 is now or has ever been a primary driver of global temperature. Never mind the entire climate, which includes a lot more than temperature. This is one of the issues with Michael Mann. You know, his, He tied <clears throat> the, uh, exi- the uh, concentration of CO2 to increasing temperatures. That was one of the key things about Al Gore's documentary, the Michael Mann hockey stick saying that we're going to have an exponential rise in CO2. Well, it didn't go up exponentially, but it did go up significantly. And uh, he coupled the two of them together. Said when CO2 rises, so will temperature. Except that didn't happen. We had a rise in CO2, but we didn't have a rise in temperature. Uh, But uh, pay no attention to that. They will not remind you of that, even though I will. They'll move on to something else. Charlie Smith in the Georgia Strait. Uh, refers to Moore's claim that there has been no net warming in Australia in 10 years and that the Great Barrier Reef has more coral cover this year than ever recorded. In other words, um, Dr. Warren's open letter is saying, "I, I was criticized for those two things? Well, he says, as if I conjured this up myself. In fact, both of these reports were from credible primary sources. I cited them in the tweet. The source for the fact that Australia has not warmed during the past 10 years, comes from the highly respected UAH satellite record. And um, he said the Coral Reef Report is from the Australian Institute of Marine Science, the peak government-sponsored body monitoring the Great Barrier Reef itself, monitoring it for 36 years. So he says, congratulations on your personal entry into the petty cancel culture. All John did was to repeat the truth. You punished him for it in your self-righteous zeal, based on fabrication and clever language about climate deniers. We don't deny there's a climate. We don't deny that climate changes. And uh, he says, by the way, all the fossil fuels produced by solar were produced by solar energy through photosynthesis in the sea and on the land, and they are by far the largest storage battery of solar energy on the planet. So just think about that, you know? Uh, when you burn your oil or any other fossil fuel, uh, you are burning a natural battery, <laughs> you're using power from a natural battery. Uh, so anyway, he says, we do deny that CO2 emissions are causing a te- catastrophe. Uh, he says, in, in fact, they're causing a greening of the earth, because when you increase CO2, <clears throat> planets. Uh, planets, <laughs> planets grow. No, plants grow on the planet. Uh, But we got to get rid of CO2. And this in and of itself is kind of scary. Not only is it not the driver of climate change, not only is it not driving uh, all of this stuff, but now you have in the Netherlands, uh, a university there, Technology University, students have 3D printed a plastic all-electric car designed to capture more CO2 over its life cycle than it emits. And then when the car reaches the end of its useful life, the plastics are shredded and reused. The tires are made from reclaimed carbon black uh, from a Dutch company that extracts carbon black, a widely used industrial commodity from worn-out tires. And um, the car can also be used as a battery for homes, they're saying. Well, of course, that's going to be mandated, right? You will feed the power back into the grid. And, of course, that cycling back and forth, what does that do to batteries, you know? Uh, all batteries, all these lithium batteries, have a certain number of uh, cycle charges that they go through. We know that from experience with phones and laptops. And when you uh, continue to cycle these things on and off, as they plan to do with your electric car, you know they're going to use it as a reservoir of power when they need to. That's going to reduce the battery life. Anyway, uh, so the car separates CO2 from the ambient air as the car moves and then stores it for unloading later the car grabs only <clears throat> about four and a half pounds of CO2 while driving 20,000 miles. However, the students argue that it's, uh, the volume, the number of passenger cars that would make this, uh, make this work. Uh, I'm concerned, frankly, about what happens when they take all the carbon out of the uh, CO2 out of the atmosphere. Uh, what are the, you know, at that point in time, we start killing off uh, the plants. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, We're going to talk about uh, the vaccines. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, Trump war uh, that is happening here. It absolutely is amazing now. We have uh, everybody. It's not just the Mar-a-Lago stuff, uh, which, again, I I don't agree with what the FBI is doing. And I think they need to be called out about that. But this obsession about it by both the left and the right, this Trump delusion syndrome uh, is uh, both left and right as both his supporters and his distractors are totally obsessed with him. And I think it's going to cost uh, Republicans the uh, next election, as a matter of fact. We'll be right back.
0: The University of Chicago Medicine Medical Group is expanding its network to make exceptional primary care more within reach than ever before. Each convenient location across Chicago and the Southland offers comprehensive primary care services for the entire family and direct access to world-class specialty care. Call 888-824-0200 or visit uchicagomedicine.org to schedule a same-day appointment.
4: For over a decade, the Merrill Moab has been the best-selling choice of hikers, made famous for its out-of-the-box comfort, durability, and all-purpose versatility. We love to be outside with our friends, rain or shine. Moab is a mindset, so let's keep going and step further. It's time to Moab On!
2: If you can't support us financially, please keep us in your prayers. thedavidknightshow.com.
4: If you like the Eagles,
3: on a dark desert highway
4: the cars Let's get and Huey Lewis in the news.
3: They say the heart of rock and roll is
4: competing. You'll love the Classic Hits channel at APS Radio. Download our app or listen now at APSRadio.com.
2: All right. And I wanted to, before we leave the energy uh, stuff, I had a, uh, a letter from a listener, from Fred, who was talking about uh, solar power. As I mentioned last week, I said, look, every technology's got its downsides. And, and it's not to say they can't be fixed, but you need to be aware of what they are. There are health conditions that are associated with windmills being nearby. Uh, it's a low frequency uh, that is pretty strong, causes people to have uh, tinnitus and uh, uh, not be able to sleep and other things like that. They actually have a, a name for it, uh, for the particular syndrome. I said, you also need to be aware of the fact that if you have um, solar panels, uh, that, um, whether you're feeding them, if you're feeding them into the grid, you got smart meter issues and things like that. Of course, you can have a smart meter and not have solar panels. Uh, but, uh, if you got solar panels, you probably have a smart meter and, uh, should be aware of, uh, the, uh, EMF, uh, issues with that. And, uh, also if you have solar panels, uh, either way, uh, whether you're, using it yourself in your own battery system where you're feeding it back in the network, you're going to have inverters that are involved and the inverters. Frequently create, uh, what some people call dirty electricity because the transients that are there, those high frequency transients, uh, have, um, got their own issues, you know, different frequencies, whether you're talking about, uh, you know, just like the low frequency, uh, uh, air pressure issues with the windmill stuff, the, uh, the, uh, Electricity uh, has health effects as well, and it varies based on the frequency. It's one of the reasons why we talk about 5G. We don't really know what those are going to be because we don't, uh, haven't done any experiments for those particular frequencies. And in the past, you've had Alan Fry, who was working at the time for, I think it was the Navy. It's the only time the, the government has looked at biological effects of electromagnetic radiation. And he came up with the fry effect. You could actually, at certain frequencies, you would actually hear clicking noises. And um, uh, that's not surprising. The next big field coming from the pharmaceutical companies is going to be electroceuticals. There's uh, a lot in your body that responds to uh, EMF and uh, other things and to electrical inputs. Anyway, this is from uh, Fred. And... um, he wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, solar and, and push back against uh, some of the things that I was saying, talking about how these things could be fixed and how they have used it. And I thought it was a very good letter because uh, he points out, just like we should always be aware, with any technology, there are fixes for it. And there's nothing that's perfect. But here's what he had to say. He said, um, this is about the third time I've heard you address solar and felt I should respond. I had sent you some pictures some time ago. I guess they got uh, gone about the time of your move to Tennessee. Uh, he said about a year ago, after my fight with the smart meter people, I decided to look into the solar thing. And we're not just entering the testing phase of going off grid. You and your guests were pretty much correct in that you were saying and what you were saying, Eric, Joel, and some others, but you missed uh, much information about how they're used. Sure, if you want to power your whole house, better bring your checkbook. Uh, Because it's not really ready for prime time yet for Joe Sixpack and Sally Housewife. What you miss, though, is that there is an in-between setup that is working for us. We have four refrigerators, two chests, uh, freezer chests, one beverage, and or well, says two chests, one freezer, uh, one fridge freezer, and a beverage, and had switched over to LED lamps for our whole house. Sure, the initial expense is substantial approximately $12,000. But this is not just about saving money. Uh, it's not about saving money. Uh, if you're doing that, you're wasting your time, effort, and energy. As of now, we start off-grid about 5 to 6 a.m., and we place the grid back on about 7 p.m. So we have about 14 kilowatts of solar input. It says, I'm not going to go into details about the charge controllers, the inverters, the solar panel outputs, et cetera. It's too long a discussion. Uh, but he says, uh, as of now, we can run our whole house all day, just not turning on everything at once. We also installed a wind turbine and controller, and at present, not enough wind to make any assessment just yet. And uh, so he um, uh, put some, uh, sent some pictures also of his uh, the power output from his inverter. So he says, here's the takeaway. Number one, protect your refrigeration. Number two, switch to LED lamps. Number Three, calculate your loads. Number four, shield your smart meter as he puts the stupid meter in quotes, and then ground the screen i The only thing I don't understand about that is uh if the uh, smart meter I thought the smart meters were wireless uh, so if you uh if you shield it, um, I don't know uh, how that thing works, but maybe there's something about that I don't understand. I haven't done anything about uh, our meters here actually, but anyway that's that's a good point. you know you can use it. Uh, selectively. Make sure you keep your refrigerated stuff going and and you have that there so that uh, if you lose power, you don't lose all the food that you've stored up. Uh, the other part of it is uh, that he didn't mention there, which I would have thought would be a part of it as well, is to uh, get your water pump. If you are not on uh, city water, if you're on a well, you want to make sure you got your water pump on your solar panel uh, as well. So uh, there's certain things that you can do with it. Absolutely. And it's not simply about saving cost. Uh, it's about um, a great many other things. It's about um, independence and sustainability. And that's why you pay the extra money to get the batteries, to get the solar panels. And he's not even saying he's got batteries. He said they uh, flip over to the, um, uh, to the grid at night rather than investing in the batteries, which are very expensive if I understand what he's having, what he's saying there. Let's talk a little bit about the Trump wars. Uh, because I've had people send me uh, <laughs> articles. As a matter of fact, uh, Mark sent me uh, Wayne Allen Root defending Trump on the vaccines. And then here's Stephen Moore defending Trump about the recession and the economic stuff. America would not be in a recession now if we had Trump, says Stephen Moore. Stephen Moore, former economic advisor to the Trump White House, in a Newsmax interview, said that he's convinced that if former President Trump had been reelected for a second term, America's economy would not now be in what he describes as a mild recession. See, this is the kind of garbage that Trump had in his administration. (laughs) That's one of the reasons why he couldn't get anything done. Uh, But he put those people there. He's responsible for hiring them, and he's responsible for getting rid of them if they're garbage. And he did more than enough of that, right? He had a lot of very high-profile firings. He even fired people who were not just his appointees in his cabinet, but he fired FBI agents, you know, Comey and others who were, uh, part of the civil uh, service, right? If you can fire an FBI director, uh, can't you fire Fauci? Oh, we'll see. He said, as his crowd was chanting fire Fauci, fire Fauci. Well, we'll see about that. Just reelect me. Well, he had 60 days to fire Fauci, but he didn't do it anyway. Um, you know, when you, uh, when you look at this, certainly, as I've said before, Biden has been throwing our fuel on the fire. He's been throwing our gasoline and diesel and everything else he can on the fire. But it is a Trumpster fire, or a dumpster fire, if you will. But it's a Trumpster dumpster fire. And he was the one who started it. He started it with a lockdown. Where was Stephen Moore, economic advisor to the Trump White House, where was Stephen Moore when Trump decided that he was going to lock everything down And then give tens of millions of dollars to governors like Gavin Newsom to do whatever tyranny he wanted to keep his foot on people or Whitmer or Cuomo or whatever. Where was uh, Stephen Moore saying, maybe it's not a good idea, President Trump, to destroy the middle class, to destroy uh, small businesses and to tell them that they're not essential. Where was Stephen Moore with that economic advice? And now he wants to tell us, he's just a political hack. These people are just political hacks. He says, uh, no question, we're in a mild recession right now. Yeah, he won't even admit that. And then uh, Mark says, uh, you won't believe this. Wayne Allen Root is saying that Trump is not responsible for the Trump shot. Can you believe it? He says Fauci, the CDC, the WHO, the Biden administration, they're all responsible for the thing. But he glosses over the fact that Operation Warp Speed was Trump's baby. He glosses over the fact that Trump is still bragging about his shot. and I, I, I talked about Wayne Allen Root a while back. I said, you know... Here's a guy who is correctly pointing out, look at the people at my wedding. I forget, was it eight months or something, six months after his wedding? Um, he said, uh, look at this. I had a tremendous uh, number of people who were guests at my wedding that were vaccinated, I'm assuming, from their politics and their orientation and other things like that. He didn't actually ask them. He couldn't. But he said a tremendous number of them have uh, come down with serious debilitating health programs or died in just a few months. Not a single one of my unvaccinated friends has died within the last few months. You know, that was one thing. But uh, he's talked about it in many different ways. And yet he continues to defend Trump. And as he was talking about that, he was writing op-ed pieces saying, President Trump, stop bragging about your Operation warp speed. Come on. Then you have the people like Mark Levin Furious that Biden was taking credit for what Biden had just as a candidate uh poured uh scorn on the fact that the vaccines are being rolled out with adequate test without adequate testing then immediately he when he becomes president, he says, "Oh yeah, I love these things and so uh Mark Levin's like, you know you gotta." Give, give Trump a ticker tape parade, and you gotta, you got to say that these things are, uh, you develop these things and so forth. Tr- uh, Biden is trying to steal this from you. Within a year, when the boosters are going out, exactly the same thing. Mark Levan is claiming that Biden is using us as guinea pigs when the boosters are exactly the same as the first two shots. That didn't work. The miracle shots uh, for the ticker tape parade. So we've seen this type of thing. It's all political. And so here's what Wayne Allen Root said in a a Gateway Pundit um, uh, op-ed piece. He says, Every day it becomes more clear what a disaster the COVID vaccine is. Data from all over the world is showing proof that those who are vaccinated are much sicker, more often hospitalized, and dying in far higher numbers than the unvaccinated. He said, In the beginning, I was one of the only radio and TV hosts pointing out what a disaster this was and how terrible the early results were. But I sure was feeling mighty lonely. Most conservative TV and radio hosts went along with the fraud. Of course, it turns out that their networks are paid millions of dollars to cover up the deadly results from the COVID vaccine. Now this is, uh, we're in the season now where everybody is saying, see, we told you so. Say, "I, I told you this from the very beginning. Uh, I don't have to go down that route. If you're watching this program, you know, and uh, you know who was telling you that and who was not telling you that because they wanted to cover up for President Trump. But uh, you know, we we see this kind of terminology of avoiding blaming your guy. So instead of talking about Trump's response to the pandemic, which he also sold, remember how Trump was selling the pandemic. Remember how when he was campaigning. For re election, about a month before the election, he said, I saved 2 million people. Where do you get that information from? At that point, he's still you know, repeating everything that Fauci says. Yeah, we have 200,000 people, but Fauci and Burks told me 2.2 million people are going to die you know, based on that Imperial College of London simulation. It's total garbage. It was incapable with the same input of getting the same answer twice. <laughs> and the model itself was wrong. You know, the model was wrong. The implementation of the model was garbage, but that was what they gave him. Look, I've got a computer printout. Trump wasn't smart enough to say garbage in, garbage out. And he was still selling that garbage when he was running for reelection. But what they have done is, and uh, I think it was Gerald Salenti mentioned it last week. He's like, let's stop talking about the pandemic did this and the pandemic did that. It wasn't the pandemic. It was a lockdowns It's what these people did in response to a pandemic, which by the way, didn't exist. The pandemic didn't exist. Trump sold you a stack of lies about that, hyped it up and his big cheerleaders and media like Alex Jones hyped up the pandemic, made record amounts of money to hype up the pandemic, the masks and all the rest of this stuff. Uh, the pandemic didn't do anything to us. It was what the politicians did to us to save us from the so-called pandemic. Just like Ukraine, um, you know, the, the, the war hasn't done, hasn't starved us of fuel. It's the politicians' sanctions that have starved us of fuel. And it was the sanctions that were associated with the pandemic that kicked off this stuff. And, uh, now they want to, now this is what Alan Root is doing. He's taking the same stuff. Oh, the pandemic is the bad thing. And the Ukraine war is the bad thing. No, it's the politicians and how they reacted to this. Who did this and what did they do? Come on. You're a journalist. You're supposed to know who and what, you know, that's the kind of who did this. And what did they do? Focus on that. That's a misdirection. When they talk about the pandemic, when they talk about the lockdown, I mentioned this last week. I said, look at this. You got, um, You've got the mainstream press out there saying now uh, as people are dropping dead of the vaccines, they're blaming it on the lockdown at this point in time. Yes, the lockdown created suicides and drug addiction and a lot of other issues, and that was in 2020. What's happening now is not from the lockdown. And when you talk about it being the lockdown, as the UK Telegraph did, then what you're doing is this is giving cover To the vaccines killing people. It's just like creating this mythological sudden adult death syndrome, SADS. And yet it was uh, Watson who uh, was pushing that UK article saying the lockdowns are killing everybody. Uh, We don't want to have more lockdowns, but you can't use that to excuse the vaccines. You can't do that. And so uh, the key issue for all this. You know uh, Wayne Allen Root says uh, he was one of the only ones pointing out this was a disaster and cheering Trump as well at the same time. I'll add, I don't know if he was saying it was disaster or not uh, nine hundred days ago. I mean, it's pretty clear to me from the very beginning where this thing was all going because they'd simulated uh, this in dark winter, you know two months before nine eleven and they'd practiced it for twenty years and and it was They were running this germ game. I mean, look at chapter 12 of um, RFK Jr.'s book, The Germ Games. He talks about Dark Winter and all the subsequent games that they did. It's not just Event 201. It's all of them. And so they've been practicing this exact thing. So we knew what they were going to do next because they'd been doing it for 20 years. Uh, But this is not about who gets bragging rights for being first. You see... Getting bragging rights for being first is what gets us into this situation with the media. You've got to make over-the-top claims and preferably make over-the-top claims in both directions so when somebody goes back, you can say, see, I said this. You know, I said both A and B, and if uh, A doesn't come true, B does, uh, even though they're polar opposites of each other, you say, well, you know, see, I called it. Uh, It's not about being first. It's about who told you the truth.
0: The University of Chicago Medicine Medical Group is expanding its network to make exceptional primary care more within reach than ever before. Each convenient location across Chicago and the Southland offers comprehensive primary care services for the entire family and direct access to world-class specialty care. Call 888-824-0200 or visit ushicagomedicine.org to schedule a same-day appointment.
4: You had to know that when Wingstop set out to make a crispy, juicy chicken sandwich, they wouldn't make it in just one flavor. They'd make it in all 12. Like lemon pepper, mango habanero, hickory smoked barbecue, and OG hot. So why have one new favorite chicken sandwich when you can have 12? Try the new sauced and tossed Wingstop chicken sandwich today for only $5.49 at Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Valid for a limited time and available at participating Wingstop locations only while supplies last. Price subject to applicable taxes
2: and fees. Then, and who's telling you the truth now? I don't know what Wayne Allen Root was saying. I know what was being said in InfoWars. And I know who lied at InfoWars. And why? I don't know what Wayne did. All I can say is, he's lying to you now. And he's lying to you in the same way that InfoWars lied to you throughout the last 900 days. He says, now suddenly everyone is waking up from an almost two-year slumber, Wayne Allen Root says. The light bulbs are going off. Conservative talk star Dan Bongino just days ago called getting the vaccine the biggest regret of my life. I played that for you. Uh, He now realizes that he has a ticking time bomb in his body that could cripple or kill him sometime soon, and he regrets getting it. He regrets ever encouraging his fans and listeners to get it. Why doesn't Trump regret it? Why doesn't Trump come out with that and say, "Uh, I regret getting the shot if, in fact, Trump did get the shot? Why doesn't he say, uh, I'm sorry that I pushed it. I'm sorry that it, well, I'll tell you in a minute why he won't say that. He'll never say that, I don't think. Um, Anyway, Tucker Carlson is gone, says uh, uh, Wayne Allen Root. Tucker Carlson is gone from warning that the COVID vaccine doesn't work and that it's a huge failure to reporting dramatically rising death rates in countries all over the world. He even reported data that shows you're much more likely to die if you're vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Good. Okay. Um, two years late, but it's there. Good. So he says, welcome to my world, Tucker. I've been reporting this data every day on my national radio show for the past 18 months. He says, um, everyone is now seeing it. It's impossible to ignore. So many Americans are dying, quote unquote, suddenly celebrities, athletes, rock stars, doctors, uh, many Democrat politicians are walking zombies and on and on. But, uh, yeah, the problem is, as I said, There's so many bodies, they can't cover them all up. And they can't continue with this lie that it's just rare. But listen to what Wayne Allen Root says. This is the amazing thing. That's why I'm talking about it. Otherwise, it's not all that uh, interesting, except to see the cognitive dissonance of Trump sycophants like Wayne Allen Root. So here's what he has to say. Here's to blame. Who does he blame? He said Fauci gets 100% of the blame. He knew. He conned the nation. Well, who did, um, who did he work for, Alan? Who did Fauci work for? Does the buck stop with, uh, Trump? Uh, did Trump ever fire anybody from his administration? Of course he did. As I pin- pointed out, he fired, uh, not just his cabinet appointees, but he also fired career bureaucrats like FBI, uh, at, at FBI, like Comey and, uh, McKay. uh, and, um, so does he have any of the blame for Fauci, for leaving Fauci there, for refusing to fire Fauci, even though his base is screaming at him every time they get a chance to attend one of his rallies? They're firing, screaming, fire Fauci, but he doesn't do it? Why not? If Fauci is 100% to blame, why didn't Trump do anything about it? And, of course, there's also the issue of uh, the fact that Trump, in September 2019, signed another executive order that laid out all of this plan as well. And uh, his uh, person that he had in charge of HHS, which he brought in from Big Pharma, Alex Azar, had his January executive order that he laid out. And Bill Gates has said that uh, Trump had talked to RFK Jr. And Gates told him, no, 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 you don't want to do what RFK Jr. did. And after that, Trump brought in Alex Azar. He got a lot of money. From big pharmaceutical companies, as RFK Jr. has pointed out. He said, yeah, I met with him once. And then the pharmaceutical companies gave him a bunch of money. And he put the CEO of Eli Lilly in as HHS head. Uh, he was just bargaining up his price by having RFK Jr. in there. Uh, so is Trump a puppet of Gates? You know, people, the um, conservatives will say, look at this. You know, Gates is going in and talking to Biden. He's made a puppet out of Biden. Biden is doing exactly what Gates wants. Well, when Gates goes in and you know Trump has been talking about having a committee headed by RFK Jr. to investigate the ill effects of vaccines but, uh, when he became president back in 2017, and then he gets a visit from Bill Gates, and then in response to that, he puts in big pharma CEOs in his cabinet. Is he a puppet of Gates? Well, yes, he is. But you don't want to say that, right? Then Wayne Allen Root goes uh, further. He says, oh, okay, so 100% Fauci? No, he has other people that he wants to blame. He says the CDC and the WHO get 100% of the blame. All right, so now we've got 200% of the blame assigned by Wayne Allen Root. Then he says Biden and the Biden administration get 100% of the blame. Now we're up to 300% of the blame. And then he blames the media. The media is 100% to blame. So there we go. Here's what, according to Wayne Allen Root, he's assigned 400% of the blame. <laughs> Maybe math is not his strong point. He's assigned 400% of the blame to the media, to Fauci, to Biden, and the CDC, and WHO. Trump gets no nothing. Trump gets 0% of the blame. Those other people get 400% of the blame. Trump gets 0%. Oh, I'm sorry. He's not finished yet. He's got... Doctors across America, 100% to blame. We're up to 500%. Big Pharma and the vaccine manufacturers, 100% to blame. We're at 600%. Still, 0% of the blame for Trump. Is this the most pathetic thing you've ever seen? I am sick and tired of partisan politics. And I am sick and tired of the people who are nothing but shameless shills and sycophants for these lying, grifting politicians, covering for them in the most absurd ways. This is Brian Stelter-level garbage that Wayne Allenroot Root is feeding you. It's just beyond belief. And then there's President Trump, he says, blameless, sinless, standing before you as the suffering Messiah. This is the way he's presented by these people. The man, Democrats, that's my terminology. He didn't actually say that, uh, uh, but it is, that idolatry is there. It is there. Uh, the man Democrats want to stop at all costs—the front runner for the 2024 election, the man they've tried to destroy since the day he announced for president, the man they illegally spied on and on and on. Well, that must make him good because the Democrats are so bad. If they hate this guy, he must no? It's a Game of Thrones, and you know what Trump did when he was on the throne, right? He destroyed the middle class as much as he could. He kicked off this Trumpster fire, and now they want to frame him for the COVID vaccine gone wrong. hear that? They're framing Trump. They're framing Trump. Now, you got all of the Trump-train people, people like Wayne Allen Root, people like Alex Jones and Mike Adams, and even people like Tucker Carlson. They are, and Tucker Carlson's never been that level of a sycophant to Trump as the others have. Uh, But they understand this is a sinking ship. And uh, all these rats are trying to distance themselves from this stuff. He says it won't work. Trump was the CEO of America. He's not a doctor, a scientist, or a medical expert. He was lied to by Dr. Fauci, Dr. Birx, the CDC, the FDA, a bunch of evil, greedy, big pharma executives. Trump was defrauded just like the rest of us. Poor, foolish, ignorant Trump. He's still our best hope. Even though they completely skunked him and set off the great reset because that's what they did, the supply chain disruptions and the rest of the things that were done, the economic damage that is still percolating through, uh, and then, you know, uh, Biden is, is making it worse with all of that happening, you know, the globalists got exactly what they wanted out of Trump, because all they had to do was just fool this ignorant guy. But he's our best hope. Give me a break give me a break. No, uh, if he's a CEO of America, what happens if you have a company that engages in a systemic sustained fraud? Uh, a CEO goes to jail. And in many cases is held personally responsible for this stuff. Why is Trump not held responsible? Why does the buck not stop with this president? As I pointed out before, not only is he responsible, not only does the buck stop with him, but the buck started with him. He financed all this stuff. He was the producer of all of this stuff. The producer of a film is the one who has, uh, hires everybody, keeps them in place. You know, Fauci was the director of this, but um, Trump kept him in place. He decided who was going to direct it. There, Dr. Fauci, you take the microphone and you tell everybody what to do, what we're going to do. And then um, he just kept the money going to people like Newsom and Cuomo and the Whitmer and the rest of them. Uh, And so Wayne Allen Root says, the so-called medical experts are responsible for the biggest disaster in history, lying to President Trump, committing fraud against the people. Look, this has been a 20-year plan. And Trump was the man that they chose to put there. The guy who told us that he was against globalism, they put that guy there to kick off the Great Reset. But do you notice that what Wayne Allen Root is doing is exactly the same thing that Alex Jones was doing for the four years of Trump. It didn't matter if he sold us down the river on uh, second amendment. It didn't matter if he sold us down the river on the first amendment. It didn't matter if he sold us down the river on the vaccines and the lockdowns. It was always poor Trump. He's being lied to and defrauded, just like the rest of us. President Trump, I'm sending out an emergency broadcast to you. And and I just want you to understand that you're being lied to and uh, you need to do the right thing, sir. And I really don't want to criticize you because I know that the, the people who love you will stop buying my products. But I, you know, I just have to get this emergency message out to you. Can we dispense with all this nonsense? And now everybody, all these same people, Wayne Allen Root, Alex Jones, the rest of them are now beating their chests and saying, I told you from the very beginning how bad this was. As they continue to apologize for the guy who produced it all. And they ignore everything else that he did. In terms of establishing... Uh, the uh, the primacy of executive orders to even do gun control, and the economic disaster of the lockdowns. Now they make it only about the vaccines, and President Trump, who's been a big cheerleader of the vaccines, he was just had. Now it's a perfect time for President Trump to come out and say, I was duped. I was lied to, Dr. Fauci. And the CDC and the FDA lied to all of us. I am so sorry to admit that the vaccine is a failure. It doesn't prevent COVID. It doesn't prevent transmission of COVID. It appears many people are affected adversely, including death. I was told that it worked. I was told side effects were minor. I was told the vaccine trials showed it was safe and effective. I know now those were all lies. That's what he wants President Trump to say. That's what he imagines, President Trump wants to say. Well, why doesn't he say it then? Uh, You know, Harry Belafonte supported Obama. And at the end of the Obama administration, he was fed up because he felt betrayed on the issues. He was looking at what the man did. He supported him because he believed what Obama said. And he was on board with that agenda. And then he looked at what he actually did. And he said, we were lied to. He said, we projected what we wanted Obama to be. We projected that onto him. When will the people realize that uh, they projected onto President Trump what they wanted to believe President Trump was about? When will they start looking at what he did? And when will they start looking at these shameless shills and sycophants like Wayne Allen Root and Alex Jones and the, and the shameful lies that they're continuing. See, that's the key. I don't care who's first about this stuff. The, the problem is, from the first to the last, they've been lying to you about Trump, telling you it was 40 chest, telling you that he was uh, being had by all this stuff. Based on what we now know, says Wayne Allenroot, it's clearly time to suspend the vaccine program and investigate what went wrong. And if found guilty of fraud and cover-up, demand everyone involved be criminally prosecuted. Well, see, that's not going to happen. Everybody is so focused on Trump. And here's an example. You w know, and they're focused on what? The election. And they report that Mike Lindell has a laser focus on election integrity. They're still looking at Trump's 2020 election. And they don't realize... That their obsession with 2020 and Trump and that narrow focus is going to probably cost them the election, give, give more power to the Marxist Democrats, which I don't want to see happen. You know, I don't like the Republicans, but I really don't like the Democrats. It was the same type of preoccupation with Trump that cost the Senate two years ago, because in Georgia they had two runoff elections. Nothing was done to fix that. Because all they did was to talk about Trump. And the morning of January the 6th, I started this program by saying, well, you notice what happened. Well, that was a Wednesday. The night before in Georgia, the Senate was turned over to the Democrats in those runoff elections because nothing was done. Instead, everything was focused on Trump. Nobody wanted to fix any of the ballot fraud issues that were going on in Georgia. Instead, Republicans went to war with other Republicans instead of trying to say, well, can we keep the Democrats from having a majority? They went to war with Republicans. Why? Because it's Trump and because it's all about Trump. Trump went to war with other Republicans. Trump made it all about himself and the Republicans made it all about themselves and a civil war within the party over Trump. And so as a result, the Democrats got the Senate. Same thing is going to happen in 2024, I'm afraid. And it could happen in both houses now because of this obsession with Trump. And with 2020, Trump's not even on the ballot in 2024. Why are we going to turn over everything to the Democrats? Fox News. The Trump Mar-a-Lago search was justified. And they are, you know, the um, Trump fans are livid about that. And uh, then uh, Trump's lawyers. No legal basis, say Trump's constitutional lawyers. And the Biden White House directly facilitated the FBI Mar-a-Lago raid. Well, look, I don't think, uh, whether or not Trump had documents, uh, the raid was not justified. They could have contacted his lawyers and got it. It was theatrical. It was political. It was revenge, as I pointed out. You know, Trump had fired some high-ranking FBI officials that had been there for a long time. They have a lot of friends there still. And uh, they had already uh, uh, weaponized the FBI against Trump before he fired a couple of those guys. But he didn't fire all of them. And there's a lot of them left behind. And so they're covering up Biden's scandals and, uh, they are manufacturing scandals for Trump and they're manufacturing, uh, these, these types of raids. And I have absolutely no doubt that this is manufactured by the Biden White House. Smartest thing the Biden White House has ever done is to raid Mar-a- Lago. Smartest thing they've ever done. Why? Because now that's all the Republican base can think about. They, are giving him a complete pass on everything he wants to do. They're going to lose the midterms because it's all about Trump and Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. The Trump wars, the Trump wars. He is the perfect shill. And you still have people out there saying, Oh, I told you the truth from the very beginning. And I'm telling you that I'm telling president Trump, the truth. Now that president Trump needs to play some 4D chess. He needs to lie to you to, uh, save his position and he's not going to come out and oppose the vaccines. I don't believe. And I'll tell you why. I don't think he will. First of all, his ego is too big. He can't admit. Even even if you believe Wayne Allen Root and Alex Jones that Trump was duped, Trump will never say that because that makes Trump look like a fool. Makes him look like he was had. He will never admit that. He will never do what Wayne Allen Root and Infowars and Alex Jones, because there's other people at Infowars that uh, are writing you. Know, Trump, you're going to be remembered as Hitler. You know, Greg Reese did a thing about that. You got you got to distance yourself from this, please. You know, tell everybody that you were lied to. This is how you do it. Telling him how to fool the public. They know how to do it because they've been doing it themselves. <laughs> they they know. We'll just t- just tell them that you knew all this stuff from the line, but you know you you. Uh, your instincts were right from the very beginning, but you were just fooled by the people that you hired to work for you, and you just didn't know anything. Trump will never say, I was, a, I was an idiot. I was had. I was used by these people. His image is that he is the alpha male. He knows everything. He is omniscient and omnipotent. He will never admit to that. Number one, that's the first reason. It's just his personality. He'll never admit to it. Number two, he'll not admit to it. Because now that this stuff is blowing up, people are looking for who they can come after. And you even got a whistleblower coming after Pfizer, saying Pfizer could be on the hook for $3 trillion. This is the crime, one of the biggest crimes against humanity ever, the Trump shots. And if uh, Trump doesn't want to be seen and doesn't want to have wanted posters over in his head and country after country like they did with Henry Kissinger. You know, a a lot of countries called Henry Kissinger a war criminal because of what he did With the Vietnam War, his counseling, and other things like that. uh, This is far bigger than that. Far bigger than that. And if uh, Trump um, were to admit to that, you know that the media and the the Democrats would see that sign of weakness as blood in the water, and they would come after him. So he's not going to do it for that reason, but the main reason is because he's uh, all about how he is the smartest person in the room. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
0: The University of Chicago Medicine Medical Group is expanding its network to make exceptional primary care more within reach than ever before. Each convenient location across Chicago and the Southland offers comprehensive primary care services for the entire family and direct access to world-class specialty care. Call 888-824-0200 or visit ushicagomedicine.org to schedule a same-day appointment.
4: This is the story of a photo album and the insurance company that offered information to help spot a cracked washing machine hose before it washed away a family history. If it matters to you, Travelers Insurance will help protect it. Travelers, speak to an independent agent today. show. Sometimes your day needs a little smoothing. Check out the Jazz Channel at apsradio.com and the APS Radio app and leave the stress behind.
2: All right, let's talk a little bit about the uh, toxic meds before we leave this. We just talked about who's responsible. And uh Wayne Allen Root, everybody knows they're toxic, but you know, will we hold Trump to blame? Well, Let's understand that all these people who talk about public safety and they talk about public health and everything, it's all about public experiments, you understand. And, of course, uh, experiments on the public are going to be allowed for the billionaires who have friends in high places. So Pfizer and Moderna are allowed to experiment on humans in the same way that, uh, over the general public, in the same way that Fauci experiments on beagles and experiments on um, humanized mice after he has uh, ordered, he and the NIH and the FDA, after they've ordered uh, particular baby parts at a particular stage of development and contract out the murder for hire to Planned Parenthood and then have their crimes covered up by Lala Harris, as California state attorney general, and followed that she left for higher office at the Senate. Uh, the person taking her place was Javier Becerra. Now he's the uh, head of HHS. So um, they will allow these types of uh, any kinds of... Uh, Crimes, especially on the public, they don't care. Uh, They really don't care. They can always cover it up with the uh, press, as we see now happening with the uh, vaccines. But here's a good example right here. You know, I've I've talked many times about how with the uh, Boeing 737 MAX, they had 8,200 or 8,600 flights and they had two of them crashed, killed everybody on board. So they had 500 people die. That's a lot of people to die. But, you know, they could have said, Oh, that's rare. You know, we only had two out of 8,600 crashes. That's pretty low. You now, give us a break. Uh, and look at how many people didn't die, that type of thing. Uh, they've had uh, just recently a, a a baby crib rocker. Uh, it's a thing that kind of, you know, has this undulating movement, which is actually kind of cool to watch. <laughs> and I imagine that feels really good to the babies. But it, it had uh, some loose ends that uh, killed, choked to death, one baby, and nearly uh, choked to death a second one. And so they shut that down and recalled it after just two deaths, or one death and a serious injury. How many tens of thousands of people have uh, died, according to the Bears report, right after vaccine? Nothing done about it. And uh, how many millions of people are reported to have been permanently injured with this stuff? Nothing done about it. But here's another example a motorcyclist in Florida killed after being hit from behind in a Tesla. You know, Elon Musk is angrily demanding that all the videos be taken down on social media showing a Tesla and another car that is on autopilot and they're barreling down their respective lanes. And in each lane there is a child mannequin and the other car puts on the brakes and stops. But the Tesla just goes barreling right through that kid's, that kid mannequin. And he says, take that down. That's defamatory. Well, it is what it is. And and I had to say, even if it wasn't a mannequin of a child, would you want, if it was a post that was buried in the ground, would you want your Tesla to barrel right through, try to barrel through that concrete steel post, if that were the case? There you go. There it is. Thank you, Travis. Fast. Pulling that up. Yeah. Uh, That's what he doesn't want people to see, the autopilot stuff. And so there's something else that's going on as well. The NHTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety Association, I call them NHTSA. I don't know if that's appropriate or not. But let's just say NHTSA. NHTSA has been investigating Tesla over motorcycle deaths, doing the same thing you just saw there with the the child mannequin. And uh, now another, as they're investigating them over a couple of uh, motorcycle deaths where they believe that the Tesla collided with motorcycles on the freeways in the darkness. Um, They said, um, uh, as that's being investigated, they say, who knows? As that's happening, uh, another person has uh, just been killed by a Tesla. uh, Struck the motorcycle from behind. And as Zero Hedge points out, they said, uh, well, we don't know. The sheriff's office did confirm that the driver uh, had drugs or alcohol in his system at the time of the crash. It isn't clear. Whether or not the vehicle was on autopilot at the time of the accident, and an uh, investigation is ongoing. However, the incident is eerily similar to other incidents that the uh, NHSTA, that NHTSA, is already investigating, where Teslas on autopilot potentially failed to recognize motorcycles in front of them. In the incidents the, that NHTSA is looking at, Tesla collided with the motorcycles on freeways in the darkness. So, we got these other incidents. Maybe this is just a (laughs) co-incident, or maybe they're related. The failure is exactly the same way uh, that this happened in the other accidents. Both of these other accidents were similar in nature to this one that just happened. NHTSA said it sent investigation teams to two crashes last month in which Tesla's collided with motorcycles on freeways in the darkness. In both instances, the motorcyclists were killed. In this third instance, the motorcyclist has been killed. Why is it? That big corporations and friends of the government, if Elon, you know, if there ever was a crony capitalist, it's Elon Musk. He's the king of crony capitalism. He's been given billions of dollars in government subsidies for his various businesses. And as President Trump himself said, you know, we need Elon. You know, he's going to launch those satellites for 5G. They're going to, um, with the Elon Musk satellites, they're going to make sure there's no dark spots of 5G. You can't escape it. They're going to be beaming it down on you, uh, everywhere. Not going to be able to have any rural areas where you have any peace thanks to the blanketing of his satellites and, uh, to his blankety blank satellites. (laughs) But, uh, you know, he's, he's a big part of what they want to do part of their global plan. And, uh, so they let him experiment on public roads and they let all these, uh, all these experiment on public roads. In, te- in uh, Texas, they are allowing all the trucks, big semi trucks, 18 wheelers, they're allowing them to experiment with autopilot. I mean, we're not just talking, to, this is not, this is a separate issue from the electric vehicle thing. This is autopilot, it's a separate issue. Because these trucks that are out there, uh, that one of them just had a major accident, uh, that was um, not an electric truck. It was motivated by diesel motor. Uh, The British government, meanwhile, as we look at uh, experimental cars, let's take a look at the experimental vaccines. The British government has begun paying $140,000 to COVID vaccine damage victims. This is part of a, a program that they have that compensates people who have been vaccine injured. And they have now added the Trump shots, the experimental Trump shots. See, Trump is allowed to experiment on people all over the world, and so is Elon Musk. And we have some people who will cheer both of them. (laughs) Uh, They've already been, uh, one, um, some of the first payments of $141,000, that's 120,000 pounds, have already been made to family members of individuals who were injured or killed as a result of the experimental Trump shots. And... um, so this is uh, joining uh, 20 other vaccines where they're offering people some compensation. Uh, the autopsy data is confirming deadly heart inflammation from COVID vaccines, but not from COVID infection. This is coming from dailyskeptic.org. They said the direct relationship between the, the uh, SARS infection and myocarditis remains tenuous at best. Recent ecological controlled retrospective cohort and autopsy data do not support. An association, but a systematic review of primarily spontaneously reported data from the UK, USA, European Union, uh, beginning with vaccine launch through mid March of 2022, found 0.22 percent of COVID vaccine associated myocarditis or pericarditis events were fatal. So, if you stop and think about that, that is, um, if you get myocarditis or pericarditis from, uh, the, uh, vaccine, you're more than twice as likely to die is uh, according to their own statistics than if you were to get COVID. Uh, and, uh, that's just one of the conditions, just one of the conditions. It really is, uh, the blood as much as anything else. Dr. Joel Hirshhorn has uh, done a sub stack about that, talking about The real mechanism, the way that the spike is is really destroying the bodies and creating this plethora of symptoms is primarily through the blood and uh, damage to the blood itself. Uh, Why did deaths among female children increase by 57%? This is children, female children between the ages of 10 and 14, a 57% increase in their deaths as soon as the COVID-19 vaccines are put out. This is more data coming from the UK. The Office of National Statistics shows that deaths among female children, children, increased by 57% immediately after they were offered, after the vaccine was pushed to that group. Uh, one of those known risk conditions is myocarditis, inflammation of the heart, can cause rapid or abnormal heart rhythms Eventually, myocarditis weakens the heart so that the rest of the body doesn't get enough blood. Clots then form in the heart, leading to a stroke or to heart attack. Other complications of the conditions include sudden cardiac arrest. Sudden adult death syndrome is what they want to call that. There is no mild version of myocarditis. It is extremely serious due to the fact that the heart muscle is incapable of regenerating. Once damage has been done, there is no rewinding of the clock. And I was talking about that a year and a half ago. That doctor's on stating the obvious. Uh, we all know that. Anybody who's had a heart attack, you're told, well, your heart's been damaged. It's not going to recover from that. And, um, and so when you have myocarditis, any damage done to the heart, it's not going to recover. We've had individuals like Franklin Graham, who was cheerleading the vaccine? And unlike a lot of these politicians, I think he really—I think he got the vaccine. <clears throat> he actually got the shot because he had pericarditis after that. Uh, the lining of his heart hardened, you know, the exterior um, uh, perimeter of it, you know, and uh, they had to do open heart surgery and remove uh, that lining. I don't know exactly what it entails, but it was very serious uh, surgery and yet he hasn't come out and said anything about that whether he knows it or not i don't know uh, medicine regulators are fully aware that myocarditis can result from an adverse reaction of the covid-19 injections especially from the pfizer and with all of that information there they point out uh, th- and this is um, this publication from the uk is exposed-news.com exposed-news.com uh they're heavily censored just like Daily Skeptic is as well. Uh, So if the UK medicine regulator is aware of the risk of myocarditis following vaccination, we're quite positive the chief medical officer for England, Professor Chris Witte, who overruled uh, the Joint Committee on Vaccines to allow injection into children. We're pretty sure that guy was also aware of the risk. If the UK medicine regulator is aware of it, and he overruled the committee, Joint Committee on Vaccinations. Chris Whitty and his fellow chief medical officers for Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland wrote to the U.K. government on September the 13th, 2021, advising the government to roll out the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine to all children over the age of 12 with immediate effect. And then the health secretary, Sajid Javid, uh, did it. September the 13th fell in week 37 of 2021. So we took a look at the official death statistics of children aged 10 to 14 from week 38 on. And they said, uh, we compared the stats there. What they found was that the first week they didn't see anything different. They they looked at a five-year average. And they looked to see how 2021 was. Same thing, by the way, that... Um, these uh, several doctors who are in the military did with the uh, Defense Department's database. They looked at the previous five years combined, got an average, and then said, how does 2021 compare to the average? And they were seeing the incidence of very, very serious diseases going up by several hundred percent, in many cases, a couple of thousand percent increase. And so the response with the Pentagon was say, well, all that five-year data was just just wrong, and they got rid of it. But you can pull that chart back up there again, Travis. They said, so we compared the stats and we, we saw that in weeks uh, two through five, they started going up. And uh, as you see there, they continued to go up. Uh, so they looked at it for all children and they saw a 44% increase in deaths among children aged 10 through 14. So then they decided, let's take a look at male versus female. And what they found was that the females were even higher than the males. When they compared it to the five-year average, they said um, that it was fifty-seven percent increase in deaths among the female children, aged ten through fourteen. Uh, as soon as they started giving them the vaccine, just a coincidence, I'm sure, right? Uh, so the very first week, they didn't see anything, but then weeks two through five, it kept increasing. And it said. Uh, In summary, they said, do we know that the Trump shots, that's what I call them, uh, that the Trump shots are to blame for a 57% rise in deaths among female children against the five-year average? No. Do we know for a fact that the Trump shots are not to blame for a 57% rise in deaths among female children against the five-year average? No. Would it be highly coincidental if the COVID-19 injections, the Trump shots, were not to blame for the rise in deaths? when the rise began following their rollout to children? Yes, it would. So, you, you, you know, you can't prove it conclusively, but boy, that would be a real coincidence, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, so now, where are we? As all this stuff is starting to break on them, and as I said, um, you know, these people love to rest in the fact that Fauci gave them legal immunity with Ronald Reagan in 1986 that the vaccine companies then were given even more immunity for a described pandemic in 2005 under George W. Bush and uh, the PrEP Act that came out at that point in time. So they think they're covered, right? Well, guess what? When people realize what Pfizer and Moderna and Fauci and Trump and all these people have done, uh, they're isn't gonna, they're not gonna, if they really come to an awareness as to what this was, there isn't going to be any kind of an agreement with a government that's going to protect them. There'll be a way to, to get around that. People will get around that and come after them. And so now the question is, this is a, uh, a lawsuit. Well, it's not actually a lawsuit. It is a, uh, what do they call it? False claim act. It's a case uh, over a false claim. And this is being brought by a company that's a law firm that specializes in that. They've won a lot of multimillion-dollar False Claim Act law cases. And this is a a False Claim Act A lawsuit is uh, when you have a whistleblower expose false claims and defrauding the public and defrauding the government. Uh, And um, in this... Uh, these people are bringing the lawsuit, say that Pfizer cannot use the government as a liability shield if they make false claims about their COVID-19 vaccine, and this is a whistleblower who um, uh, and their lawyer who's responding to Pfizer's motion to dismiss the False claim uh, Act lawsuit. And uh, so the lawyers for Brooke Jackson, who worked as regional director at one of the clinical trials used to develop the Pfizer vaccine, uh, they responded, said respondents claim fraudulent certifications, false statements, doctored data, contaminated clinical trials, and the firing of whistleblowers can be ignored based on the theory that they contracted their way around the fraud. Right. Oh, well, I, I, I have this piece of paper from Fauci says that you can't you can't come after me for fraud. You can't come after me for killing and, and uh, crippling people. Well, we'll see about that. As a matter of fact, um, you know, these, this isn't their first rodeo, as I said. This is a law firm that specializes in these types of cases. A drug company cannot induce the taxpayers to pay billions of dollars for a product, they said, that honest data would show poses more risks than benefits and that ignores the actual contract and ignores the law itself. Under federal law, individuals can sue on behalf of the government, and they can win triple damages if they can prove an individual or a company deliberately lied to the government. And so the whistleblower, Jackson, one of uh, Jackson's attorneys, uh, told the Epic Times that the payout could be as much as $3.3 trillion. It would be enough to bankrupt Pfizer. Well, they're just talking about one whistleblower case. I mean, can you imagine when we've seen the big judgments against big tobacco, uh, the big judgments against glyphosate and other things like that, and uh, these class action lawsuits? Can you imagine the families of, you know, 100,000 people dead, uh, five or six million people crippled for life? Can you imagine what kind of a lawsuit that would be? I think it'd be more than 3300000000000 trillion. They're just talking about this particular case, though. Uh, it would be enough to bankrupt Pfizer. Let's hope so. Let's pray that these people will be bankrupted, uh, that God would take them down, that he would destroy the people who have shed innocent blood and harmed people for money, for money, the love of money, the root of all evil. Pfizer and its subcontractors argued that besides Jackson's allegations being false, they said the government, not a private citizen, has to initiate a False Claims Act complaint and that the lawsuit against them should therefore be dismissed. Again, these people have won a lot of multi-million dollar False Claims Act lawsuits. I would think they would know what they're doing. Uh, They said the relator, in other words, a whistleblower, May not pursue the claims against Pfizer without the government first pursuing them in an administrative proceeding, said Pfizer's motion. The company also argued that the FDA was well aware of Jackson's claims for at least two years before the lawsuit was filed against them and that it publicly responded to Jackson's allegations by expressing the agency's, quote, full confidence, unquote, and the data used to support the vaccine. This is going to be the problem with this particular lawsuit because we know. That Pfizer and the FDA have colluded together. They both demanded that the data about their test be held secret for 75 years. They're colluding together. This is a criminal collusion between uh, the FDA under Trump and now continuing under Biden because these people never leave, right? Uh, It's a criminal collusion between the FDA and Pfizer. However, One of the lawyers for that law firm said false claims action is independent of the government's knowledge and that Jackson only has to prove Pfizer and its subcontractors presented fraudulent information to the FDA. So what exactly happened? Jackson, the whistleblower, was third in command of the clinical trials conducted by Ventavia Research Group. I pointed this out years ago, uh, two years ago, talked about this. Um, as part of Pfizer's application for emergency use authorization of the COVID vaccine. She was there for only 18 days before being fired by the company after reporting what she called absolute mayhem. And I remember when this came out. You know, she went public with it long before this lawsuit broke. Uh, Jackson has submitted the whistleblower. Over 400 exhibits as part of her complaint. She said that a former tacos cashier, uh, and that's a chain, tacos, um, a former cashier for a fast food joint, essentially was among those tasked with injecting patients with the experimental jab. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you know, we, we've got people at Walmart and everywhere else, you know, giving as healthcare providers now with all this stuff, you know, just roll up your sleeve. Uh, you know, (laughs) if we still had service stations as they used to be, right. They'd come out and clean your windshield and check your oil check your tire pressure and stuff like that. I guess today, if they were still around, you know, and, and do you have your injection? Would you like for me to give you an injection? he has <laughs> got oil and grease all over his hands. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we've done away with the service station, so you don't have to worry about that aspect of it. Uh, she'll, <laughs> she alleged that the trial staff falsified patient signatures on informed consent paperwork. She has described a daily mess of unsanitary conditions. Uh, And, you know, the the falsification of data, that's already been established. And the documents has already been released. And we haven't gotten all the documents from Pfizer that uh, Pfizer and the FDA wanted to cover up and keep secret for 75 years. But we've already seen this type of fraud. So even though uh, I think if they're going to win, they're going to have to pull in documents from uh, this, you know, this other lawsuit is going to substantiate the fact that the two of them were fraudulent, uh, both the FDA and, uh, and Pfizer. Uh, Jackson also responded for the first time to Pfizer's characterization of her as anti-vaccine, anti-government individual, out for money as vengeance for her firing. <laughs> I've had that kind of stuff thrown at me, too anti-vaccine. You're anti-vaccine. You better believe I'm anti-vaccine. I was anti-vaccine before the Trump shots were there. And uh, anti-government, yes. <laughs> and then uh, people accusing me, you're out for vengeance uh, for, for being fired. It's like, yeah, uh, well, if I didn't want to get fired, I didn't have to take them on. But anyway, uh, same thing with her. Uh, she's worked on a long list of government-run clinical trials for vaccines and said she is pro-vaccine. She pointed out that her children have all had their childhood vaccine so that her entire family gets the flu vaccine yearly. Uh, Jackson received the COVID vaccine, the Trump shot, as soon as it was available and initially was one of its biggest cheerleaders. Mm. But she goes on to say, as far as I'm concerned, this is blood money. She plans to donate any money that she receives under her legal action from the companies to those who have been injured by the vaccine because it's blood money. It is. She said the world should be disgusted by what went on here and with the shameful actions behind this dangerous vaccine. And this is what disgusts me so much about the commentators now, who, uh, President Trump, just tell them you didn't know, okay? Uh, Stop cheering it. And, And it's blood money. They did it for blood money. You know, what about the media? The media that was always anti vax before Trump got in there who were telling us, oh, yeah, you know, well, uh, Trump, he, he would never mandate the shots. Oh, that's, that's the good thing about him. Trump would never tell you you got to get the shot. You have to get the shot. The vaccinations are so important. Yeah. This is really going around now. Yeah, he was laying the foundation for that for a very long time. Uh, but, yeah, just tell him President Trump is 40 chess, Blood money, blood money. You had record sales when you were doing that kind of stuff. And uh, so she says, I don't want that. Uh, take the profits and give it to the people who have been injured by this stuff. Uh, it absolutely is, is heinous. The media that sees, like Wayne Allenroot, Root, like Alex Jones, like Greg Reese, the people who see the damage done by the vaccine should be disgusted with this. They should be disgusted with the person who brought it to you, who cheered it, who continued to cheer it for two years. He's gone silent now because he knows that uh, everybody knows. He knows you know. So now he's finally shutting up. And it took a while. Everybody kept telling him, shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't tell everybody that you did this crime. And he says, well, you know, I can't say the word anymore, but I'm very proud of that thing I did. And now he's not talking about that at all. Now it's all about Mar-a-Lago. I am the suffering savior of humanity. I am sick of these people, beyond sick of them. Uh, So anyway, uh, the uh, whistleblower and lawyer said a drug company cannot induce the taxpayers to pay billions of dollars for a product that honest data would show poses more risks than benefits. But can a president? Yes, a president can, and the people will still cheer him and vote for him even after they realize the scam. So to wrap it up, yeah, the CDC has vindicated truth tellers by reversing It's COVID vaccine guidelines, all the COVID guidelines. Basically adopting the Great Barrington Declaration. But we're nowhere near out of the woods yet. A major vaccination campaign has been planned for the fall, even as evidence mounts showing the shots are causing depopulation at a rate we've never seen before outside of World War. Oh, that's coming too. The shots are killing otherwise healthy working-age adults. They're killing babies in the womb. They're causing infertility. They are, without a doubt, the most dangerous drugs ever made. So enjoy the reprieve, but firm up your resolve to stand against another round of tyranny this fall. Why is, it, why is there another round of tyranny coming? Because of the executive order. And we got to get rid of this particular executive order, but we got to get rid of this whole idea that a president can declare a national emergency, and leave this thing there forever. And again, it's not just Trump. It's people like Greg Abbott doing it in Texas, re-upped it the end of May, uh, March. He re-upped the emergency in Texas, the COVID emergency. Why? Because he likes the power. They give themselves this power. I mean, this is, this is like the early days of the Republic where the Supreme Court said, uh, with Marbury versus Madison, we will decide uh, which laws match the Constitution. We'll give ourselves veto power over it. But it's much worse than that because now you've got executives who have vetoed the Constitution, vetoed the rule of law, and will leave it there forever and build upon it subsequent uh, administrations, just like the the Biden administration is building upon that. So um, in Washington, D.C., you've had a court overturn the vaccine mandates for government workers there in Washington, D.C. Even as the Democrats are lining things up and now back to blaming Trump for the vaccine. uh, They are still pushing to keep it mandated in many ways. And so a D.C. Superior Court uh, judge ruled the end of last week, Thursday, uh, overruled the vaccine mandate by the mayor, Bowser, there in uh, Washington, D.C., for government workers. However, They still have the mandate on for the children, the children who never had any risk under even the imagined pandemic. There was never even an imagined risk for children in any of their data, but they're going to keep the mandate on for the children in order to go to school, which is exactly what Trump was willing to do. You notice? they got to get the shots to go to school, to go to a private religious school where the people have an ethical problem with that. Uh, that was done up to the uh, Orthodox Jewish community up in uh, up in New York. They were fighting it. And they said, no, we're going to shut your school down if all your kids don't get the— and they asked Trump, and he said, well, they've got to get the shot. The measles, so dangerous it's going around. Baloney. Uh, so now the back-to-school plans that Washington, D.C. has. Uh, the Washington Post points out, are at odds with most of the rest of the country, fortunately. Most of the rest of the country is not requiring— vaccine mandates this year, but the emergency order is still there. And the principle that, uh, you can have the government order you to get a shot in order to go to school, which president Trump supported, uh, that idea that, uh, that's legit and it's not, is still there. His executive order and the potential for anybody to do any kind of an emergency order about anything that they imagine, any pandemic in the future that they imagine or that is real, they can tell you to do anything they want to. And they can also tell you to get all the shots that they imagine as well. And he supports that. Schools have overwhelmingly declined to impose these requirements right now on kids whose coronavirus vaccine uptake nationwide remains low. They said... Only 30% of children aged 5 to 11 and 60% of adolescents aged 12 through 17 are fully vaccinated, so the Washington Post. That horrifies me. A third of kids fully vaccinated, fully vaccinated, not just one shot, fully vaccinated. How many have had at least one shot? Are we talking about a third of the kids between the ages of 5 and 11 and two-thirds of the kids between 12 and 17. And we know what these things are doing to their hearts, to their reproduction. We know how they're dying left and right. This is the Trump shot. This is the legacy of the Trump shot. This is the depopulation and sterilization of the Trump shot. A third of children, 5 to 11, two-thirds of kids from 12 to 17. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? That the person who talked to you, who made a career out of talking to you about the globalist plans to depopulate the earth, Alex Jones, would have had you stand down when Trump did this. Trump, who was anti-globalist, enacts the worst global uh, depopulation program we could ever imagine. We could ever imagine. So it's illegal in Washington, D.C. for the government workers, but it's okay for the kids because this is about coming after them. And then in Washington, D.C., the mayor there is black, and uh, most of the population is. Forty percent of black teens will soon be barred from going to school because 40 percent of the black teens are not vaccinated. They don't want it, and so they're going to shut them out of school. But hey, you know, they got to get the shot. It's really going around this night. They got to get the shot. That's it. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about the winter of our discontent. Stay well.
0: The University of Chicago Medicine Medical Group is expanding its network to make exceptional primary care more within reach than ever before. Each convenient location across Chicago and the Southland offers comprehensive primary care services for the entire family and direct access to world-class specialty care. Call 888-824-0200 or visit ushicagomedicine.org to schedule a same-day appointment.
4: This is the story of a daughter of handstands, lemonade stands, and first corsages and that perfect driver's license picture
1: travelers this is carlos
0: someone just hit my car
1: is everyone okay are you safe
4: it's also the story of an insurance company that believes people always come first if it matters to you travelers insurance will help protect it travelers it's better under the umbrella speak to an independent agent today to The David Knight Show. now at APSradionews.com or get the APS Radio app and never miss another story.
5: the winter of our discontent made glorious summer by this sun of york and all the clouds that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried now are our brows bound with victorious wreaths our bruised arms hung up for monuments our stern alarms changed to merry meetings our dreadful marches ...to delightful measures. Grim-visaged war has smoothed his wrinkled front.
2: Yeah, well, uh, that was the basis of their winter of discontent, right? Grim-visaged war. Uh, well, we got grim-visaged war <laughs> is snarling at us right now. And uh, the winter of our con- discontent is just getting warmed up. Uh, because uh, <laughs> he was saying, "Yeah, we're looking... The winter of our discontent, when we had war, that's uh, now turned into glorious summer. Uh, And now we have uh, not a son of York, but we have some son of a guns who are doing this to us. Uh, Europeans, weary Europeans must bear the consequences of the Ukraine war, as Putin will eventually blink, says the EU's Joseph Borl, gave a surprisingly blunt assessment of the Ukraine war and of Europe's Precarious position in an interview published a week ago, nearly, uh, admitting that Russian President Putin is betting on fracturing a United-EU response amid the current crisis situation of soaring prices and energy extreme uncertainty headed into a long winter. Uh, I don't think this is a mistake. I think they knew exactly what they were doing. I think this is a pincer move against us. You have to understand, they're at war with us, more so than they are at war with Putin. They have continued to import many Russian goods, but uh, they are at war with us. As a matter of fact, I think nobody was more frank about it than the uh, French president, (laughs) ironically enough, talking about the end of abundance. What we are living through is a time of great
5: upheaval. Firstly, because we are witnessing, and not just since this summer but over the past few years, the end of what we might have seen as abundance. And for those who enjoyed it, it is also the end of a carefree time. Our freedom, the liberty to which we have grown accustomed to in our lives has a price, and sometimes when we have to defend it, we have to make certain sacrifices as we fight to defend it.
2: Yeah, did you notice that uh, we've been attacked by Putin? I noticed that I've been attacked by Trump and by Biden and by the <laughs> EU people, if you're living in Europe. Uh, but yeah, um, the end of abundance. You see, the, the abundance came from our freedom. The abundance uh, that we're going to lose is going to go out the door with our freedom. It was a market economy, and of course, they gave us a kind of a sugar high with globalism, where we could live off of the slave labor of people in China and elsewhere. Uh, That was the boosting stage of globalism. Now comes the end of abundance. So uh, Macron has warned that the French public may react poorly to what he calls the era of abundance. So they all know what they're doing. They all know that if we knew, (laughs) it would be over for them. And uh, just like Michael Bloomberg, when he was running for president, he said, uh, look, you know, we had the agrarian society. Those people are nothing, you know, stupid farmers, I hate them. and then uh, they were replaced by these people in factories. They know nothing. I hate those people. They're just idiots. But the smart ones, and he actually said that he called himself the smart ones, smart ones like me. Are working now to get rid of all their jobs and I guess to get rid of the manufactured goods, get rid of our food and all the rest of stuff. He said, the smart ones like us are working to get rid of their jobs. And we just have to figure out a way to keep people from coming after us with guillotines. Guillotines, that's kind of rings a bell with uh, Macron, doesn't it? And uh, so (laughs) uh, he says, uh, they may react poorly to what we're doing to them. Yeah, they all know that. That was what universal basic income was about. That's why Bloomberg was pushing that. It's why Elon Musk gave so much money to Andrew Yang to push universal basic income because they know what they're doing. Elon Musk is, is part of the technocracy, he's part of the globalist uh, movement. He knows that as well. Um, multiple crises brought about largely by political management are wreaking havoc on the continent. It's not the Ukraine war. It's not even what Putin did. It's their reaction. To Putin. It's their policies and reaction, just like it wasn't the lockdown, it wasn't a pandemic, it wasn't a virus. I was saying from the very beginning, I said, yeah, it's likely that this might have been engineered gain of function because I've been covering gain of function from 2014. And I'd covered the fact that Fauci and these other people had uh, evaded restrictions on gain of function. They'd evaded outright prohibition of continuing the program and continued it uh, anyway, Francis Collins and Fauci. But I said, the worst thing that could happen is if we would follow this lockdown policy that's been modeled for us by the Chinese. So you can't believe anything that's coming out of China. I don't believe these people are falling down the streets. And, uh, but even if this were a weaponized, gain-of-function uh, pathogen that was deliberately released, still the worst thing we could do would be to lock down. You see, it wasn't a pandemic. It wasn't COVID it was their policies of lockdown that damaged us. And so um, the uh, president, uh, as translated by a broadcaster, said, uh, I believe that what we are experiencing is of the order of a great shift or a great upheaval. Well, why doesn't he say the word that his puppet master likes to use? Klaus Schwab calls it the great reset. Klaus Schwab wrote a book called The Great Reset. But, of course, if you use that term, you're dismissed as a paranoid conspiracy theorist. So Macron calls it the great shift, the great upheaval. He said, basically, we're living through the end of abundance, that of costless liquidity. We will have to draw the economic consequences, that of products and technologies that seemed perpetually available to us and the break in supply chain. And who broke that? All these lockdown measures put in by Macron, put in by Trump and Bojo and Morrison in Australia and Trudeau in Canada. All these guys walking in lockstep, all of them doing exactly what the UN World Eco-Fascist Club wanted them to do. Such a great upheaval, Macron claimed was likely to cause the French public to react poorly, something he seemingly urged politicians in France not to inflame. He said, faced with this great shift, our fellow citizens may react with great anxiety. He warned his colleagues that conditions were giving so-called illiberal regimes greater strength. The reason he's saying this is he's saying, look, this is going to be really difficult. Uh, it's going to be, as Biden said, it's going to be a painful transition, but we've got to get through this, right? People aren't going to like what we're going to do to them. Uh, and what we are doing. They're not going to like it. And uh, we don't need to make this any worse. So if you talk about this, you're going to be inflaming. If you were a politician who talks about this, who is honest about this, well, then you would be accused of inflaming the public anger against what they have chosen to do against us. And you got to be taken out. You see, that's how this all works. Here's a Uh, One reporter summarizing some of what Macron had to say.
5: Well, moving into uh, the first cabinet meeting there, certainly a warning for France's uh, short and medium-term future with uh, sacrifices ahead. Although the one thing that uh, they have said to us uh, coming out of that meeting is that we will get there with, with government solutions. Now, we're told that there are three main tasks ahead, three main battles, and those include uh, the climate, energy dependence, and uh, equal opportunities. Now, the, in terms of the climate, uh, Prime Minister Elizabeth Bourne had said it is something that we can no longer ignore, We've seen these issues over the summer, the major wildfires, the, uh, the issues with uh, with uh, historic droughts and uh, major storms. Now, tying into that is uh, renewable and green energy. That ties into the issue of energy dependence. The idea is to accelerate the uh, the, the uptake of uh, green energy and uh, to, to move forward in terms of uh, reducing the dependence on gas coming in from Russia. We've seen uh, France's east, uh, partners in the east of the EU warning over this uh, dependence on uh, foreign energy for in some cases years now, and we're really starting to see the rest of the continent now affected by that going into six uh, months of the war in Ukraine, upending things as it has. Now, in terms of equal opportunities, that is also something that uh, uh, the French government wishes to take on with schools back in as well for the new school year. Uh, there will be meetings with the education minister on Wednesday afternoon discussing uh, new uh, uh, new opportunities for other generations. Uh, certainly, given these calls for sacrifice moving in with these warnings, uh, it does remain to be seen just how well they'll be able to find compromise to get the agenda through of course uh, tied the things uh, with, to inflation and the higher cost of living we've already seen in recent years major protests such as the yellow vests uh, with a major issue there in terms of trying to persuade the french people that even further sacrifice is going to be needed and the opposition is definitely gearing up for a fight
2: well i have an idea uh, we're talking about sacrifice how about you sacrifice your agenda to turn us all into slaves. How about you sacrifice your agenda to depopulate uh, the earth? How about you sacrifice that? As he pointed out, you heard him say, you know, this started up with the yellow vest. Exactly right, this isn't about Ukraine. This is long before that. And uh, uh, you have uh, uh, actually, Marine Le Pen said that. So this is not about Putin. This has been going on for quite some time. A lot of stuff has happened to get us to this point. But again, talking about its climate, it's about energy, it's about what he said was equal opportunity. No, it's not about equal opportunity. You have to understand equal opportunity is exactly the opposite of what they're talking about when they talk about equality. They talk about equality or they talk about equity. That is equality of results. That is forced equality. It's actually a, a race to the bottom. Jefferson and uh, the people of his generation called these people levelers. We call them socialists and communists. They're levelers. They want to level everybody to the ground. That's where you'll be equal. But no, they are going to, in, term, in the name of uh, equality, they are going to use uh, intersectionality to, to advantage and to give privileges to certain groups while they take things away from other people. It will not be about merit. It will not be about equality of opportunity. It's about exactly the opposite, exactly the opposite. And that has always been the case, really, uh, in France, you know, they talked about liberty and equality. They were talking about equality of results. They so were not talking about equality of opportunity. Uh, and the French Revolution was at its core socialist, communist. And so, uh, of course, you would have uh, Macron out there. No, if there's going to be sacrifice, let's sacrifice them. Let's sacrifice their position. Let's sacrifice their privilege, their agenda, their uh, depopulation agenda. I like the headline from Chris Minahan, Information Liberation. Macron tells the plebes to prepare for a future as feudal serfs. That's basically it. Again, going back to what he was saying, uh, he said, I believe, said Macron, that we're in the process of living through a tipping point of great upheaval. Uh, again, he calls it, you know, great upheaval, great uh, this and great that talking about having to do sacrifice, he doesn't use the, uh, the, the great reset terminology, but he also doesn't use the fourth turning technology or even the fourth industrial revolution terminology. He calls it a tipping point. This is, and they understand it, they are using the cycles of history that they understand. This is why I've talked for so long about the fourth turning, because you have to understand the cycle of history that we're in. They understand it. That's why they picked this date of 2030 and this particular time right now. Right now, we're in the midst of a fourth turning every fourth generation, about every 80 years. Uh, because, and it's an ongoing pattern that Strauss and Howe trace back 500 years in history through American and British history that this cycle repeats itself. And they're using that knowledge to push us, to push us into. Uh, tribal, um, opposition to each other, you know, over Trump and, uh, and the rest of this stuff, but the, the lockdown and they, they know that about every 80 years institutions, there, there's a, a general, um, willingness to go back and overthrow institutions and start all over again. And that's what they're trying to, uh, exploit. Referring to the war in Ukraine, Macron said, our system based on freedom in which we have become used to living, sometimes when we need to defend it, it can entail making sacrifices. This is not about defending freedom. This is about losing your freedom. Uh, So yeah, crash the global economy, says Chris Minahan, in the name of fighting the Russians. Shut down half of France's nuclear power plants in the name of safety. Cripple your economy in the name of preventing the climate from changing. Herald the end of abundance and blame Russia and climate change for the inevitable result of your own policies. That's what's happening. Gas shortage riots will make lockdown protests look like a child's birthday party, said a uh, British official. Uh, Absolutely right. The U.K. government has warned of civil unrest over people's inability to pay energy bills. Again, this has been going on for quite some time. In France, where they were running this scam, at a little bit faster pace. That's where the motorists said, Hey, you're working to take away our cars and our livelihood and the rest of this stuff. And uh, when I reported it, I, I would talk about what this whole thing was about. Now I think everybody can see that. Half of UK households will be in fuel poverty by January, a winter of discontent. Um, managing director of customers at a power company told the BBC, When you look at the figures, More than half of U.K. households will be in fuel poverty in January, meaning that they'll have to spend more than 10% of their disposable income on their energy bill. And they're going to see their energy bills soaring by a record 80% this winter. Why is that? Well, because they have locked things down. They have sanctioned uh, the oil and the energy that they have become dependent on. All of these. All of these. Energy bills... As a matter of fact, it'll get worse than that. 80% by this winter is what they're projecting, and they're projecting by the spring of next year, by April of next year, that energy bills will be will triple, triple what they are. The European Union's radical green agenda risks sparking widespread political unrest as seen during the yellow vest movement in France as energy prices are soaring. So all Macron can say is, Get used to it. Get ready to sacrifice. Abundance has ended. And so has liberty. And so has the rule of law. And as long as we allow these executive orders about emergencies to continue, it will continue to be that way. Landlords in France are going to be banned from raising rents if their homes leak too much heat. Landlords what a joke that term has become here in america you know 45% of the homes that are rented are owned by middle class individuals they're not owned by big corporations but it will be the big corporations that have the capital required to comply with macron's uh, demands and just like hillary clinton when she was talking about mandating hillary care as soon as bill clinton became president She and her capacity (laughs) as first lady decided that she would uh, impose national health care on us. And her response when people would talk to her and say, um, well, uh, we can't afford what you're proposing here. It's going to put the middle class businesses out of business. And her arrogant reply, uh, which I think is even worse than let them eat cake. Her arrogant reply was to say, I can't be bothered by all these undercapitalized business owners. Well, I guess Macron could say he can't be bothered by all these undercapitalized landlords because they will either renovate or they will have to sell their property. And who's going to snap up that property at a bargain basement rate? And who has a war chest of tens of billions of dollars ready to do just that? Well, it's the big companies like BlackRock that are ready to move in and uh, and grab this stuff from the uh, the. They said as as of right now, only sixty three hundred landlords have applied for state aid to renovate their property. Um, so, will they be able to do that, or will they have to sell it off to the big corporations who are ready uh, and able to take advantage of what they have had their Political puppets put into play. Well, that ends in Europe. How are things in America? One out of six U.S. homes are behind on their power bills. A tsunami of shutoffs are coming. At least 20 million households, about one in out of, one out of every six American homes, are behind on their power bills as soaring electricity prices spark what is said to be the worst ever crisis in late utility payments, according to Bloomberg. Now, you would think that when you have an economy like that, that uh, you wouldn't see Biden rebounding and everything. And yet, you know, because of all the nonsense going on with Mar-a-Lago, and because of all the political posturing happening with that, and because of the focus not on whether or not you can pay your power bills. But is Trump going to get back in office? I thought, oh, that's what I want to know. Oh, uh, gee. <laughs> Belgium Prime Minister warns the next five to ten winters will be difficult. Why? Well, he knows. How does he know? Well, because they're going to be the ones who make it difficult. He knows that because he's going to be the cause of it. He and his co-conspirators. The development of the situation is very difficult throughout Europe. This guy, Alexander de Cru, de Cru, (laughs) Cruella de Vil. Uh, Yeah, in a number of sectors, it's really difficult to deal with those high energy prices. And we're monitoring this closely, but we must be transparent. The coming months will be difficult. The coming winters will be difficult. Uh, The day ahead, electricity prices in Europe are eye-watering, with lots of countries setting record prices. Yes. Europe's dark winter could become a yearly occurrence throughout this decade until they get what they want by 2030. So uh, dark winter has a triple meaning now, I guess. You know, it's not just the uh, the first simulation to simulate what uh, Trump and Fauci did to us in 2020. Uh, but also a uh, dark winter with no power. No power. A Green Party officials telling Germans to use washcloths instead of taking showers. No, oh, those filthy peasants. We made them peasants and we made them filthy, right? Uh, this guy who is doing this, is a green politician. His name is Kretschmann. And Kretschmann boasts about having an electric car, about having a photovoltaic system on his roof, and he boasts about the fact that he's got a heater that uses wood pellets. Well, I hope the supply chain doesn't break so that he can't get his wood pellets. I, I wouldn't buy one of those things right now because I'd be afraid I wouldn't be able to get the kind of pellets that I need for it. A Wired Magazine reports these devices rely primarily on wood pellets sourced from forests in the southeastern United States. Uh, they are then shipped halfway around the world to individuals like Kretschmann, despite many scientists arguing that these pellets are just as polluting as coal. Although they come from a renewable resource, Forests are cut down across the U.S. to make this resource, according to Greenpeace. The practice destroys biodiversity and ruins entire ecosystems. They don't want us burning wood. Uh, But uh, guess what? We're going to do that here. The problem is making it into this highly specialized pellets, and then they have to ship it around the world so that a Green Party politician who doesn't want you to have any heat tells you to not take a shower, use a washcloth, so that he can use these pellets. So what's worse than inflation? Well, of course, depression and inflation, what uh, Gerald Salenti calls dragflation. Not just stagnant, but a dragging-down economy. Alarmingly, uh, the AFP, commenting on the European Union's assessment, goes so far as to suggest that Europeans must reduce the costs of going all-in on punitive anti-Russian actions and sanctions, even if they face the prospect of deep recessions. No price is too great to pay. No price is too great to pay to stop the virus. No price is too great to pay to stop the Putin, right? Got the Putin MacGuffin, the virus MacGuffin. No price is too great to pay to stop CO2 and nitrogen, to ban those harmful substances from our world, right? Uh, U.S. is going to spend billions more, of course, and as Marine Le Pen points out, Uh, This is not about the Russian war. This is about your agenda that's been there a long time. Finally, before we get into um, uh, what is happening with our children and whether or not God is judging America, there was an interesting uh, op-ed piece that popped up uh, Friday on the uh, Drudge Report, and it was written uh, by someone who was observing America from Israel. And he says, uh, is God judging America? (laughs) He got it right, actually, I think. Uh, So we're going to talk about that. But finally, uh, Lord Sumption in uh, the UK uh, wrote a piece for the Sunday Times about lockdown policy. And another one of these, I told you so, articles. Uh, The truth about lockdown is becoming impossible to deny it was a disaster, says the Daily Skeptic. See, it's not just, and this is one of the things about the Trump apologists that you're seeing out there, you know, like Wayne Allen Root, Alex Jones. It's not about just the Trump shots. Yes, it is a, one of the biggest crimes against humanity, but so is the lockdown. So is the lockdown. And uh, they're not even talking about that. And they're certainly not talking about how he set precedents to do gun control by executive order. Uh, but Lord Sumption says about the lockdowns, he said, it was always obvious that you could not close down a country for months on end, Without serious consequences, these—the shocking thing that emerges—is uh, that uh, from this interview is that the government refused to take those things into account. There was no assessment of the likely collateral costs of lockdown. There was no cost-benefit analysis. This is true of the UK. It's true of every country: UK, Canada, France, US. Was there any concern about that? A lot of people were saying it, but nobody in the Trump administration was saying it. Again, you know, we have this uh, idiot who is one of Trump's economic advisors. Well, you know, if Trump had been president, we wouldn't have a recession right now. You are either a, one of the worst liars or the biggest fools we've ever had if you're saying that as an economic advisor. Seriously. Seriously. Uh, the question was never a scientific one. It was always a political question. And it was always a question of who was paying for it. Who was paying the governors to do the lockdown? Who was paying the hospitals to withhold safe and effective and inexpensive treatment? Who was financially incentivizing that? Well, Trump. Trump. And who put out the PPP? Trump again. uh, That didn't help the small businesses but helped the big businesses. So now what we're looking at, because of all this stuff, and because of other things like the quantitative easing that was going on, the low interest rates that stayed on and on and on, and Trump was cheering that because, you know, the only thing that mattered was not the deficit. Trump was as much into this uh, modern monetary theory as AOC and the Biden administration because the only thing that mattered was how's the stock market doing. Remember that? That was the only thing that he was interested in, in terms of an economic metric for the country. So now we're looking at a vicious stagflationary environment or a dragflationary environment. And so we're gonna take a break and when we come back, we will be talking about a different kind of drag. Uh, Stay with us, we'll be right back.
0: The University of Chicago Medicine Medical Group is expanding its network to make exceptional primary care more within reach than ever before. Each convenient location across Chicago and the Southland offers comprehensive primary care services for the entire family and direct access to world-class specialty care. Call 888-824-0200 or visit UChicagoMedicine.org to schedule a same-day appointment.
4: seat telling the truth is a revolutionary act you're listening to the David Knight Show
2: all right and we are back um, before I get into um, what is happening with the kids and what is happening to our culture uh, I just want to say this uh, about uh, the basis of all of this of course uh, Jared Kushner thinks he's going to live forever because he's part of the inside technocracy, okay? Uh, he's going to live forever, not because he's in Christ, but because he's going to exercise and he's got transhumanist technology in the pipeline. <laughs> yeah, well, good luck with that. Uh, he has prioritized exercise because he believes he's going to live forever. I mean, here's this guy, Jared Kushner. When you look at the picture of this guy, uh, when they parodied him in, uh and spitting image in the UK. They always portrayed him as this mannequin, you know, and with arms falling off all the time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he, does, he looks like a beanpole. He does not look like somebody who exercises. I mean, I could I could believe if exercise is going to do it, then, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger would live forever, not Gerald, Jared Kushner. <laughs> uh, he says that it is probable that his generation could be the first to live forever, and honestly, I, the reason I talk about this is not just to talk about Jared, but because you know he he is out there um, making these comments, uh, and he was making the comments when he's being interviewed by the former director of national intelligence, Richard Grinnell, who uh, President Trump was very proud of him as being his LGBT minority hire, right. and uh, but. I think that this is really what is behind the depopulation stuff. I think that's really what's behind it. Uh, they think that they're going to live forever. And uh, they think it's already too crowded, and they would like to have they would like to live forever and have the whole world to themselves. That's why they're making these moves. That's why they've gone to war with us. And it has been something that has been in the works for a very long time. Hugo de Garis, when he talked about artificial intelligence, he talked about the artilect war. He had a very skeptical... Uh, view of whether or not artificial intelligence is going to be this wonderful, all, uh, you know, positive thing like Ray Kurzweil was always selling it. He said, "Well, you know, this really could go wrong, but even though I might be creating, and he worked in the artificial intelligence field, he said, even though I might be creating uh, a godlike intelligence that will kill me and all of humanity, I still think I'm going to do it, you know, that type of thing. Uh, But he believed that there would be what he called an art war that the elites would go to war with the rest of us, and uh, that there would be billions of people who would die. He called it giga-death. I think that war is already going on. I don't think this is something that's just going to happen. It may eventually metastasize into a kinetic war where they have their autonomous killer drones uh, depopulating uh, the country side. But um, I think it's already begun with this Trump shot, frankly. Um, so he's now going to, uh, prioritize exercise and, um, make sure that he can hang around until technology gives him eternal life. He said, I think there's a good probability. My generation is hopefully with the advances in science, either the first generation to live forever or the last generation that's going to die. So we keep ourselves in pretty good shape. And, uh, he said he's already, uh, he's also embraced meditation as a way to center himself. Hmm. Well, when we look at that, and uh, when we look at the coming central bank digital currency, there's a, an interesting graphic on Zero Hedge visualizing the state of the central bank digital currencies, and they've got all the different countries of the world and uh, what their current uh, situation is, whether they have launched a central bank digital currency, whether they're researching it, whether they've started a pilot program, uh, whether it's in development or whether it is inactive or canceled. And um, it was, this map was put together with uh, data from the Atlantic Council's currency tracker, because again, the Atlantic Council, NATO, these people, they're the ones who are pushing uh, central bank digital currencies. There will eventually be one currency to rule them all. It'll be a global currency. Uh, 105 countries are currently exploring centralized digital currencies, and together they represent 95% of global GDP. In other words, the ones who are not doing it only account for 5% of economic activity. 9% of the countries have launched a digital currency to date, and uh, this includes Nigeria, which became the first African country to do so in October 2021. I guess they just didn't have, weren't making enough money with that Nigerian prince scam. So they came up with something that was a much bigger scam. Uh, half of the country's 200 million people, however, are believed to have no access to bank accounts. And so this uh, e-Naira is what they call their uh, central bank digital currency. The adoption of that has been pretty sluggish. Uh, they only had 700,000 downloads, even though the country has 200 million people. <laughs> And, uh, they said that's equivalent to 0.35% of the population. Uh, though even not all the download users are Nigerian. So, uh, it's even less than that in terms of the population. Conversely, 33.4 million Nigerians were reported to be trading or owning crypto assets, despite the central bank of Nigeria's attempts to restrict usage. So, uh, you've got a hundred times more people are using cryptocurrency in Nigeria, where they rolled out their the first digital currency. Uh, I think, well, maybe they're not the first, but they've launched it. One of the first. There's only been a couple that have actually rolled it out. Uh, so where they rolled it out, they got 0.35% of the population, but um, uh, that, that are using it. I'm sorry, I, I just, I, it's not... Uh, of the people using crypto assets. No, it is 33 million. Uh, So that's about 17% of the population, let's say. So 17% versus 0.35%. Crypto versus central bank digital currency. They're not interested. And uh, so in the U.S., just as a reminder, a week from today is when all of the federal bureaucracies are due to have the report back to our emperor, uh, Biden, you know, he, by executive order, you know, he orders everybody. So he ordered them six months ago. He said in 180 days uh, and it was March 9th or something like that. Um, but I, I calcu- by my calculations, the reports are all due a week from today. And it was every bureaucracy you can imagine. And some that you didn't know exist all talking about what they were going to do to usher in CBDC. And then last week, we had the House Finance Committee, Bipartisan Move. This is a committee that is chaired, of all things, by Maxine Waters. You know we're in deep trouble when the Finance Committee is chaired by Maxine Waters. (laughs) Who does her checkbook? Uh, Well, actually, her husband is deeply embedded in the uh, banking industry, um, to be able to tap into the money. I don't think he's, I would be surprised if he actually (laughs) knows anything about banking, but he knows how to get the money. That's what he knows. Anyway, uh, this, this committee chaired by Maxine Waters, Republicans, as well as Democrats were sounding the alarm. We cannot afford to fall behind China and CBDC. Mr. President, we can't have a CBDC gap, Well, we got to jump into this thing here. So uh, that report is due out next week, and they're already laying the foundation by having Republicans and Democrats telling us that we got to act now. It's a bipartisan demand to act now. It's an emergency. you got to do it now. We can't stop and think about this, just like everything else. Everything else is rushed through with an emergency. I mean, just look at the way they pass their bills. You know, thousands of pages. They drop them. we only got 24 hours to do this. You've no time to read it and analyze it. Just sign your name on the dotted line because we said so. Everything is done that way. Everything is done that way. Uh, So, again, I will point out to you, and um, uh, I said this last week when I was interviewing um, Joe Bannister. um, And um, uh, what was the name of his uh, website? Agent for Truth. Agent for Truth. Yes. Thank you. Agentfortruth.com. Joe Bannister was one of the criminal investigation IRS agents as part of his investigation started looking at what some of these tax protesters were saying. And he said, ah, well, that's interesting. I mean, he's, he's got a background in law enforcement, a background in accounting, which is what these people have. He goes, Hmm. Well, uh, he goes back to his people and says, so, so what's the answer to this? Shut up. You're not. And then, you know, they kick him out rather than giving him an answer. Uh, so when I was talking to him, I said, you know, it occurs to me that these 87,000 new IRS agents, are going to be used to push central bank, digital currency and to investigate people who are involved in crypto and to try to take away, you know, those assets. I think that's really what it's going to be involving. That's how I think it's going to be used, but you should also take a look at the person that Biden has now chosen to lead the 87,000 new IRS agents, uh, the IRS official chosen to lead the new centralized office that will feature the 87,000 new employees uh, for the IRS is someone who is involved in the agency's targeting of conservative groups that opposed Obama's re-election in 2012. Remember that story coming out of the IRS? Remember that? Uh, yeah, we're going to shut them down. We're not going to let these uh, groups uh, get authorization to operate and other things like that. Nicole Flax is the person. Uh, so I guess somebody said, we've got to get some some flacky to, to run this thing. Oh, Nicole Flacks. Uh, get her. She served as chief of staff for then acting IRS commissioner Stephen Miller, who was fired uh, over the cover-up of the scandal. When Republican lawmakers sought communications related to the scandal and in the investigation, her emails were among those the agency claimed were lost in a computer hard drive crash. Remember that? We all talked about that. We said, yeah, um, yeah, the computer ate my data. Uh, does the IRS buy that excuse if they want to audit you? No, no. But if you want to audit the IRS, I'm sorry, the dog ate my or the computer ate my homework. IRS Commissioner Charles Reddick sent an email to employees that the agency will establish a new centralized office, uh, including the 80 to include the 87,000 new agents. And uh, in the email, he said that it will be Nicole Flax. Deputy commissioner in charge of the large business and international division that will lead the establishment of the centralized office, international and large business. That is another indication to me that it's going to be focused on crypto and on CBDC. By the way, I just want to, I'll just mention too, uh, gold. If you want to get into gold? <laughs> um, Knight.gold is graciously set up by Tony Arterman. It will take you to him, let you know that uh, you came through me and uh he can help you to get physical gold um i had uh, somebody send me a uh, email that was out of the uk and said uh i'm assuming it'll be too expensive to ship i don't know uh but um he said uh if that's not the case uh can you or tony let me know uh somebody that you would recommend i'll contact tony but i don't i don't know if he knows anybody in the uk uh that he would recommend but um, but I'll ask just to to find out. But I do recommend Tony. Uh, I trust him. I've used him in the past and he's been a, uh, a great friend to the program and he also knows where all this stuff is, but he's had a lot, a lot of people have used him and a lot of people have, uh, sent uh, comments about how much they appreciate uh, what he did. I want to say thank you as well to some of the people who've left tips and comments. Uh, Gerald Smith, thank you very much for the tip. He said, um, Significant evidence is emerging that elites have shelved, shelved cutting-edge energy technologies to make killing billions possible, while those that survive are subjugated. Also, evidence emerging that America was targeted through dosages because of its liberty traditions. Thus, there is evidence of high treason. Well, that's absolutely true. I mean, we've, we've for the longest time, any kind of technology that would be liberating, uh, people buy that up, shut it down. That's that's true. That's happened a lot of times. But in terms of America being targeted through dosages, that's absolutely true as well. It's Naomi Wolf. I talked about that on Friday. Uh, she has a group that is going through in detail looking at these Pfizer FDA documents that have been demanded by the judge to be released. And first of all, they found that uh, they found that there was a, a radical difference in terms of concentration of the active ingredients and dosages. In other words, different radical difference in dosages and the shots. Anywhere from three micrograms to 100 micrograms. So that's a factor of 33 times, that's ridiculous. Uh, if that isn't deliberate, and I said that at the very time when that first came out, I said, if that isn't deliberate, then they ought to be sued for negligent control of manufacturing. I've always said, when we talk about uh, fluoride, <clears throat> that um, regardless of what you think about fluoride, even if you believe that it is a wonderful medicine, the difference in medicine and poison is dosage and Why would you advocate dumping it into the water where you cannot control the dosage, and why would you give the same dosage to a child that you give to a two hundred pound adult male right that 's the problem with putting fluoride in the water we don 't even have to talk about uh, you know, what it does just it, it, let's just pretend that it is wonderful, the best thing we ever had. Medicine becomes a poison without the appropriate dosage. So they varied this this vaccine dosage by a factor of thirty three, depending on different lots. And now what they've uh, and, and then they made a correlation, they said, and look, the the ones that had the high dosage, that's where all of the vaccine injuries are occurring. Then the next thing that Naomi Wolf uh, found, was the geographical distribution of those high-dosage vaccines was in the U.S. and Europe, definitely targeting uh, these areas. Um, A. Wootz, thank you very much for the tip. He says, hi, David. If the 1 in 800 injury rate is used with the DMED data, could be proven uh, DOD was lying about the data being inaccurate. Uh, what? Let's see, could be proven DOD was lying about the data being inaccurate. Um, Thanks for all you do. Yeah. There, there's a lot that's going to be coming out with this stuff and it has already gotten to the point and it has been at that point. I mean, we knew the very first month we knew what was going on with it from the various database. Um, Travis, do you have the, uh, the graphic of uh, what this person saw on the cash app? Um, uh, well, we'll wait and, and do that in a minute. I want to tell people, this was sent to me by listener. And, um, he said, when I, Try to donate to Cash App. He says, uh, "Is this a fraud account?" And it was David Knight Show one, and uh, so we're contacting them to find out about it. And the way that it does look like a fraud account, because uh, it's not the one that we created, and because they have David not K N O G H T. So you know, this is the type of thing people do with websites. They try to get a website that is similar to the one that. Um, uh that people are going to go to and then use that to uh to do something to them so that certainly looks like that's the case if you want to know what it is go directly to the david knight show and um that will uh give you that it'll also tell you other places that you can support us um thank you very much for to the people who have supported us we're not quite at the goal for the month yet uh, but you can see where the gas gauge there is and um it's uh about one mark is about a uh, an eighth below uh, full there. Uh but do appreciate all the people who have voluntarily supported the program. And you can also find all the places where the program goes up, both as video and as podcast. And that's one of the best ways that you can help us is if you can spread that out. If we can get a broader base, uh then we can spread this out over a lot of different people. Uh finally before we go to break here, Sergey, thank you for the tip. He said I'd like just like to uh, give warning to people, especially elderly, about crypto scams. As someone who's an advocate for crypto, I know also there's a lot of con websites and phone numbers that will try to convince you they work for a certain exchange. The operator will steal your bank and crypto info and steal your money. Unfortunately, this happened to my friend's father, who is 80 and lost over $10,000. Yeah, that's the bad thing about it. It's... Um, that's why it's much simpler just to have gold or silver. There's a lot of stuff that's involved in the crypto stuff, a lot of scams uh, that makes it difficult, and it's a lot that you really need to know in order to do it safely. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk about uh, the normalization of pedophilia. And, uh, and I'm, you know, it plays into this whole minor attracted persons, and they have their own uh, website where they're pushing this and very proud of it. We'll be right back.
5: decoding the mainstream propaganda
2: it's the david knight show all right let's talk about pedophilia and there is a website about pedophilia.com and um, they're telling us that minor attracted people and you'll see this on social media as maps maps Uh, minor attracted people are hated because we exist and we're misunderstood this is the story of a daughter
1: Travelers, this is Carlos.
0: Someone just hit my car.
1: Is everyone okay?
4: And the insurance company that believes people always come first. If it matters to you, Travelers Insurance will help protect it. Travelers, speak to an independent agent today. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So I used the savings from switching to Progressive 30 years ago to buy tickets to the championship game. You know, between those two teams that didn't exist 30 years ago. Yeah, I'm a big Alaska Palm Trees fan, which is a team now, in the future. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer Survey who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary.
2: And scroll down a little bit there, Travis, and show them the uh, Venn diagram that they have. Uh, they have minor attracted people. It's not exactly a Venn diagram, and it's not based on any data. I don't know why that's not showing up there. Uh, but they do have... Um, Uh, They have different blocks, and they have uh, five different categories. They have minor attracted people, uh, and then they have pedophiles, and then they have people who sexually abuse children, and then they have childhood sexual abuse survivors, and then they have non-minor attracted people and non-pedophiles, and that's a really small group, (laughs) according to these people. That's their perspective of the world. And, and of course, uh, the Venn diagram where the – Sexual abuse interacts with the minor attracted persons and the pedophiles and so forth. That's a very small area, according to them. They don't give you any data at all to back up this hand-waving that's happening there. But they said these uh, people who hate us, who don't like minor attracted persons, they try deliberately to hijack the idea of minor attracted people to mean someone who abuses children. When this is not only a lie, it's deliberately harmful not only to efforts to prevent sexual violence, but also to the very idea of family and the children. They say they want to protect. You see, if you are pro-family, you are in favor of people who are minor attracted persons, people who have an attraction to minors, uh, who are sexually fascinated by minors. No, I think, I think uh, the Bible got it right when it said, as a man thinks, so is he. If you want to dwell on this, your thoughts are going to shape you. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. And this has been playing into this transgender thing from the very beginning. There's a lot of different factors in play. In this particular story, uh, which I've had this on my desk for a little over a week before I got to it, the, this 10 year old trans kid, the youngest trans model, and uh, this little kid, this little boy, dressing up like a woman, is walking the Uh, catwalk, at a New York fashion show. Uh, This boy calls himself Noella, a 10-year-old who began socially transitioning at the age of four. Do you really believe that? Uh, I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe children that young are thinking about that unless their parents are pushing and pushing and pushing them or some adult or some teacher somewhere. Noella's first show was a Chicago fashion week at seven years old, said her parents. And um, then um, uh, by the age of, so said, at at four and a half, this boy had socially transitioned. By age seven, he had legally transitioned. And um, now he's doing fashion shows. And uh, the parents say that at the age of two, he started telling us that he wasn't a boy. Uh, So, you know, uh, a two-year-old who who first thing out of their mouth as they learn to talk is talking about they're the wrong gender in the body. Do you believe that for a minute? I don't. I don't believe that at all. This is nothing short of child abuse. You know, we've had uh, the age-old stories of stage mothers who live vicariously through their kids and stage mothers who would push their kids into this meat grinder of Hollywood and the entertainment industry and bask in the sunlight of it Because they always wanted to be on stage and they never made it. So I'm going to push my, and they're going to live through that vicariously. You also got Munchausen by proxy, where typically have women who are, who want to get sympathy and um, other things from people by pretending that their child has got some kind of a illness or something like that in order to draw attention to themselves, pity and attention to themselves. I think all these things are in play with these parents. But there's other things as well, of course. You know, Disney is going to be pushing more LGBT propaganda on kids. They've hired a uh, prominent Chicago area drag queen to appear in a new Marvel superhero show. It's aimed at youngsters, of course. And the uh, the guy is very clear about it. He says he doesn't want to see the show just appear as strictly entertainment for children, but he wants to use it as a means of cultural change as well. And he also talks about how, uh, you know, this is involving sex and how it is targeted towards minors. The storyline is Ironheart is a teenager who patterns, builds a, a suit pattern after Iron Man. Uh, but of course they have a, a drag queen as part of that story. Meanwhile, Disney Plus has banished the episode of an Australian children's cartoon because uh, it's an Australian children's cartoon with a bunch of dogs in it. It's called Bluey because he's a blue heeler pup. But this is a cartoon about dogs. And they have one episode uh, where there's jokes about a dog farting and blaming it on some other dog. And Disney said that doesn't meet our strict guidelines for streaming. But this other stuff does, of course. So farts are okay. I guess maybe if the dog would come out as trans, I guess the farts would be okay because you can do anything if you cover it in trans right now. It doesn't matter what it is. Muppet Babies had a drag show and that was okay with Disney because they own that as well. Uh, But not any dog farting, okay? Can't have that. There's just so much to talk about. We didn't just scratch the uh, surface of what they're doing to children. And of course, the vaccines are the epicenter of that. They want to kill children. If they can't do it before they're born, they will shut down future generations and kill the existing kids while they poison their souls. Thank you for joining. Us. The common man. They created Common Core to dumb down our children. They created Common Past to track and control us. Their Commons Project to make sure the commoners own nothing. And the communist future. They see the common man as simple, unsophisticated, ordinary. But each of us has worth and dignity created in the image of God. That is what we have in common. That is what they want to take away.
6: JCPenney is helping hard-working families across America save even more all Labor Day weekend. That's right, we got you. Celebrate a four-day super savings weekend with 20% off already great prices. Plus, save an extra 10% across the store. That's extra, extra savings in addition to our huge end-of-summer deals. Grab your coupon on the JCP app and save all you want. Shopping is back. JCPenney. Coupon required and valid on select styles 92 to 95. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.